Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you very much for tuning in to yet another episode of Confessions of a Clown. I've got a not-so-special guest today. I mean, it's typically, typically what I say, not-so-special. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Um, but his name is Ruben Gonzalez. Everybody, what's going on? I'm really excited to have him on here because you know he's a part of the local com- comedy scene here in Phoenix, and um, you know I met him online. We haven't really, um, we didn't meet in person until one night when we went to go see one of our other close homies, Kevin. Yeah. And um, but yeah, man, go ahead and uh, I want to hear a little bit more about you because um, you know I like to get to know people. And um, I like to let them talk, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's interesting that you started with a track that you... Did you write all the instruments on that? Yeah. You played everything? Yes. That's cool, dude. I feel like there's a weird crossover with music and comedy. Is it really? Like, because I was in... I used to be in some bands, and like, I feel really? like... Yeah. I don't know if it's just you and me, personally, because we're both, like... We like the same kind of music, kind of, yeah. growing up, so... But for me, it was like it was like I used to like 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 music and want to do music. Yeah. And then I kind of just like I was like I don't know if this is really what I want to do, mm-hmm. or if I just like thought it was like cool to be in a band. I don't know what I what I want out of life and shit. And then I just like started you know I got I kind of got depressed for a uh. while. And then I started like remembering that I used to love stand up comedy, but I had like well, I hadn't watched it in a while. Mm-hmm. And so I was like let me start watching some comedy again in like my depression, and it like got, <laughs> it, like helped it helped me because I remember to just like laugh and I remember to just like. Not take things so seriously when I watch comedy, you know? So La- Laughter's the best, man. I mean, the same with me. Like, I remember as such a young kid, my dad would always, like, uh, listen to Richard Pryor. And, uh, you know, I-, I grew up in California, so I always felt, like, in touch with everything that was, that was happening there. Especially as a young kid, my dad would n- introduce me to, like, Andrew Dice Clay and stuff like that. Uh, Rip Pryor, Rodney Dangerfield and stuff like that. So I was like, dude, like... You know, and especially California, like, you're, like, Hollywood, show business. Like, this is, like, you know, I I always gravitated towards music. But at the same time, I was just, like, I love comedy, too. I love Mm -hmm. making people laugh. I was in in high school. I was a thespian. You know, I was, like, into, like, acting as well. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I always put myself in that, like, you know, like, oh, well, I mean, there's potential for music and acting or comedy Mm -hmm. as well, you know. Uh, what would you say was your, like, earliest, like, memories of, like, finding, like, comedy or just acting or anything, in, like, music in general? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've... It definitely in school, too. I was... I like to be in the stuff, like, in the plays. Yeah. I was in, like... I wasn't, like, in a full-on play, but I rehearsed for one. And, like, I, you know... It was, like, a Christmas carol. No, I... And I was, like, the the dude with the Christmas past or whatever, the one oh, with the okay. chains. <laughs> <laughs> let me out, homie. Yeah, let me out, but... <laughs> I feel like it boils down to just, like... I feel like, again, with music and the comedy, it's, like... It's just the urge to just, I think we both have that where it's like, I think every comedian has this where you just want to kind of be in front of people and you want to like, exactly. you want to create something. Yes. Whether it's comedy, whether it's music, like just the urge to create is like something that we have that I don't know. It's like, it's always been there for me. I used to draw when I was a kid. I I was always into different shit. I used to love animals when I was a little, little kid. My yeah. first dream was to be that guy that has like an animal show. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a lion. Like, look at all the animals and shit. Yeah. But I got older and I was like, mm, I mean, I'll have to hold some gross ass <laughs> bugs. And I'll probably have to, like, be in danger. Like, I'm not going to be next to a lion exactly. eating a zebra. And it's you crazy. Be smelling all the time and, like, flies all over yeah. you at the same time. I have to camp out in the it's African like, Sahara no. before it flies no, on me. No. Dude. 
<laughs> I'm first world. I, can't, I like my air conditioning. Yeah, first world. I can't be like that. Yeah, I can't be out there. Yeah, man. Same, same with me. I mean, I was in uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, uh, I was in a couple plays. I was in Greece uh, for my first ever play. I was Were you just Travolta? like, no, nah, no, dude, look at me, dude. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. I'm like the background cats, you know. In Arizona, <laughs> you know, the other Mexican, full Mexican cast. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually the the cook for like I was supplying the actors the food. You oh, know okay. What I mean? Yeah. So I was working in the food truck, but that was my first gig. <laughs> yeah. You know. No. <laughs> Taqueria. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Order 146, coming yeah, out, burritos. Yeah. You know, like that was my thing. I wasn't in the play, I guess I lied, but I was like providing for them. But um, I was a cowardly lion in Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's cool. You know? that's, that's, so, that's good, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, every now and then, you know, I just, you know. Yeah. But it's crazy because like midway, like they replaced me with a skinny ass dude, you know, because yeah. like they're like, dude, this guy is like slow. Like he can't remember his lines. You're I'm a like, cowardly lion. But I'm also I fit I fit I fit the costume, you know, like I, I yeah. filled it up. But then they had like the skinny anorexic, like crackhead looking kid. And mm. I was like, dude, come on. You don't look like a lion. He looks like a lemur type dude. The like, lemur. You know, yeah. like, he's like really <laughs> He did like crack or something like that, you know. The cowardly like, lemur, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Damn. you know, I was in a, I was, you know, what they call it, thespian for a while. Thespian. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed yeah. it, man. I did like the improv stuff as a kid in California because, again, you know, you're in that, you know, like California. You want to be something. You see it all the yeah, time. Dude. Like it's in everything. You're like, oh, California. This is where dreams happen. I'm already here. So dude. like, why not take advantage of it? Unfortunately, when I was 15, I moved here. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. Your dreams just died immediately. <laughs> they yeah. died out. They died in the sun. Yeah. And I was like, I smell like bacon now. Like, what the hell is going on here, man? I was just in L.A., dude. And for like, not for the kind of the first time, like I've been to L.A., but I usually just go for like a show. We'll catch a show and we'll kind of like come back, go to a hotel, come back the next day. Yeah. This time we went on like Thursday, stayed till Sunday, and we didn't really have plans. We just vibed around L.A. All right. And I had a good time. And it was like... I started to see, I was like, I, I, I see what everyone talked like, this is a cool place to be. It is, And it, it felt like just uh, being around all that shit, I was like, I went to a comedy show at the Largo. I drove okay. by the comedy store Ooh. just to, just to look at it. Yeah. And it's just, you feel, you feel the history. You feel like LA, bro. Like, this is where things happen. Like, this is where exactly, shit goes man. down. And it feels like my dreams could come true here, But bro. like, <laughs> you, you kind of have to sell yourself a little bit. You have to sell your soul. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as opposed to other, I mean, granted, like fucking when it comes to like show business in general, you have to like sell yourself no matter what. Yeah. Uh, but like growing up there, I remember like one of my neighbors had like just like paintings and like pictures of like Charlie Chaplin, Marilyn Monroe and stuff like that in the inner yard. They were having like a like estate sale. And I was like, dude, like, holy shit, like I live in California. Like this is, you know, it's just like this part of history, mm-hmm. you know, growing up there where you're like, dude, like I could be a part of this too, you know? Yeah. And then so like, you know, I still carry that, you know, every time I visit back home, I'm like, dude, like there's something about it. Like mm-hmm. uh, it's different because where I grew up was like a bit dangerous. So you get like that, those like weird haunting kind of vibes. But at the same time, it's just like, all your memories and like everything, all your, your dreams like are still here. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least for me, it was. It was. It's weird, man. Like visiting back home, I feel like oh shit, like anything can happen. 
Yeah, I was out there for like four days, and I was like, I feel like I could be a star, bro, for real. Like, I feel like I got this. I feel like, how do you, how are you a dreamer in like Kentucky? You feel me? Like, those, those are the real ones. Those are the ones who are gonna make it, right, dude? Because they really? got dreams in like the cornfields, and they're like, I'm gonna be a star. You're like, from where? And they actually what's around like, you? They make it happen. They come here with like fifty dollars in their pocket. Yeah, but that's that's crazy because my parents like they always give me shit. Like, oh, you're a fucking nobody, dude. You're Damn. you were born in the states and you ain't shit. And all these kids from Mexico come from Mexico and they go to California. And they make something of themselves, you know what mm. I mean? I'm like, yeah, all right, you don't got to rub in my face. Dude. Thanks, like, guys. You know I mean? yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Like somebody who's not like living close by, somebody who's like you know uh, a thousand miles, you know, a couple hundred miles yeah. away from California, they go there and they're like, they're gonna give it their all. They go balls deep in mm-hmm. that, you know what I mean? You kind of have to. That's why I was talking about like, I was talking to a friend about this about the New York and the LA like, comedy mm. scenes and why. Like, why in these little... Like, why in, like, Arizona and why... I'm from Miami. Yeah. We had a little comedy scene there. And it's always, like, this drama you hear about. And everyone's fighting about, like, who got what room and who's hosting what open mic. And it's, like, these little dramas we have that aren't, like, very important because you're, like... Is this all you guys care about? Is this little scene like? This little scene. Shouldn't you be? You you brought that bigger? up. You brought that up a, a couple of days yeah. ago. You're like, yo, don't be fixated on. Don't just be fixated this on this bullshit. On you know, like, oh, this guy, this guy, like the little drama of this guy got a mic that I was supposed to host that room and yeah, all this drama. And I'm like, I wonder why. I mean, I'm sure it happens in L. A. and New York, no doubt. Yeah. But I feel like there, there's just a higher bar to compare yourself to. Exactly. Like man. here, like, m- m- what does making it mean in Arizona? It means that you work at comedy clubs and you get to open for people, you know? Exactly. But in New York, it's like, oh, this guy got to host a mic. And it's like, well, my buddy John is writing for SNL. So you're exactly. like, fuck, dude, like, I got to work because I got to get to this. Like, the level you guys can get to in those places is higher. You're already there. There's dude. industry there. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, for here... You know, we, we kind of, you know, I have a, a, a friend that, you know, just got a job at stand-up and they're like, yo, I get to see a lot of my favorite comedians here, you know? Yeah. And then he even has a bit about like, oh, you know, asking his manager like, hey, can I go up next? Can I, you know, this guy sucks. Can I go up? Uh, can I go up? You know, and, you know, it's kind of difficult. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, yo, think of the bigger picture, you know? Like, that's that's what I'm doing, man. Like, yeah. Like I told you, I had kind of like a rough week, you know, and we kind of talk about like, you know, draining ourselves, going to these mics and, you know, expecting to hit all of them. But like we mentioned, like it's not New York. It's not California. There's not going to be like 10 mics in one day. You know? Yeah. I mean, you you how was the drive here from the uh, yeah, from dude, your yeah. house? Oh, for, I live in I live. Yeah, I live in Mesa, Arizona. And yeah, you live like it. So almost, this is almost an hour away from Mesa, so it's like you're driving like an hour every day to go to an open mic, and then an hour back. So it's like, yeah, dude. So. I, as soon as I came out here, I was like, I, damn it, you, you are you are hustling. <laughs> you going to one or two mics a week is hustling. That's, yeah, man. You're working harder than the guys that live next door to these shits. Because I live like a block away from NCT. I live like right in the heart. Of, you know what I mean? So for yeah, me, man. it's not hard to get to mics, and I don't go to them. But <laughs> <laughs> I should be going, you know? Why is that? Why don't, why don't you hit them up, man? I do. It's just lately because I've been working on the second job and stuff. Exactly. Like, yeah. I really have like one actual, like today is my actual like day off. Okay. And then like Friday, Saturday, I'm trying to like go shop, just hang out with my girl, like go do things, whatever. And so like I, I do it if I can, but like I just like open mic I love going to open mics but if it's if, if I have like one day to like relax yeah I'm gonna relax right now and it's like yeah, I'm, I'm getting booked on some shows I got some shows and stuff so I do the shows but you know obviously clearly I would like to be going to more open mics but right now I'm just you know well give me a little bit more like tell me what the process was like when it comes from you know moving from Miami because you know you spoke to somebody about this and how like you know they thought it was gonna be kind of like 
the same when it comes to being back home. Like, what were your expectations when you moved out here? What was it mm-hmm. like with your experience moving to Phoenix from, you know, Florida yeah. or Miami and, you know, to where you're at now? Comedy-wise? Yeah, comedy-wise. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, actually, it's, what's weird is I actually, the first open mic I ever did was here in Arizona. Okay. I lived here a while ago. I saw some comedy shows in Arizona. Like, I used to go to the comedy shows here, and I would, like, see some comedy around here. So I kind of knew about some of the comedians that were here. And uh, I was like, yeah, I, I've been wanting to get into stand-up, so I started checking it out. And then I tried my first open mic here. And you, I did. Do you remember where? Yeah, it was at Monkey Pants Bar and Grill. They used to have an oh, open no. mic there <laughs> in Tempe, yeah. Okay, cool. They don't have an open mic there anymore, but that was like, such a cool room. And I think Josh Graves has a show there now, but okay. it's not like a mic. But that was my first open mic I ever tried. I did that a couple times. Then I tried, I think I did like Devil's Advocate or something else. And then I like literally moved back to Florida for a while. Like, right after I started comedy. So I went to Florida. My goal was, like, I'm going to go to Florida and do comedy in Florida. So I went to Florida, Miami, and, I, and that, that was when I was, yeah, I was doing comedy. Like, I was going to open mics then, like, five or six nights a week. I was, wow. like, because I just was, like, immersed. I wanted to just do comedy. I was meeting yeah. people. Um, and, yeah, I started to get booked on some shows, and people started to know who I was a little bit. So I think that just when you start to get, like, booked and people ask you to be on things, it's, like, you know, if you have, like, a show every week or if you have, like, a few shows a month, it's, it's just, like, you can go to the open mics to work on shit for sure. Yeah. But like, you know, you, when your calendar's kind of busy, like with, with shows and stuff, then you can start to start to do those and you start to and when you trust or trust yourself and yeah. you, you have material you know you can go to, like I like I'll try shit at shows. Like I don't save new shit just for open mics. Yeah. I'll do a show and I'll and I'll do I'll do a new bit That's on the show. Do it. Yeah. Okay, because cool. it's like if I'm not going to open mics, where am I gonna practice? So yeah. I, I don't do my shit in my mirror. Like, you know, I've never been that guy. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, for real? I don't know if you saw my mirror, but yeah. it says I, I funny looking. That's you know? funny, like, dude. I just like to self-sabotage or just make fun of myself. Yeah. But it's it's funny that you say that because I mean you know going to open mics that where you that's where you kind of like build that muscle of like getting used to being on stage, and like you know the heckling and then just yeah. people just like looking at you with like blank stares mm-hmm. you know, but you doing shows now and like practicing your material you're practicing it in front of people who are actually there to you know see you perform or you know yeah, go to for, for a comedy part, yeah, show yeah. you know. That's the thing about Florida that was weird is Miami, dude. It's like such a bar nightlife scene uh, that all the open mics and and a lot of the shows are just at like a brewery, yeah, or like a bar. And it's like Miami made me really good at like learning how to compete against like just like you're at a brewery doing comedy in this corner and there's like six people watching and the back of the room doesn't give a fuck that you're doing comedy <laughs> and so it's just like yeah. chatter and the room is loud and like they'll drown you out if you don't so you had to amplify you yeah. had to like really know how to like get people to like turn around and like see what you're talking about <laughs> or you just had to fucking bomb and so i exactly. bought you bomb a lot they and look it's like, at you and just stare at you like yeah don't don't care is this dude doing, man? there was a lot of nights of bombing bro and like miami had this weird system where they would have like a showcase mm-hmm. where it was like they'd have like five comedians on like the show even then, on open mics it's not there was an open mic after those. Okay. So they would do it where it's like, like every Monday night was like an open mic, but it was like they would have like a showcase before the open mic. Yeah. Which is like we have these five featured comedians, and then stick around, and then there's an open mic after. So you'd sign oh, up for the open mic, okay. have to sit through like all five people's sets, <laughs> and then you have to be like fucking twentieth on that list. So uh, there was nights that I would go up at like one, two a.m. No way. And man. they would do like three minute spots sometimes. I'd be out there at like two a.m. doing like a three minute spot to like. Two drunk people at a bar So like quickly Like you just gotta love this shit Because yeah. If you don't love it Like people will drop out quick You know like, oh, This yeah. is not worth it 
That's crazy that you say that because of a lot of a lot of the open mics here, you you're given like five to seven minutes. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's kind of like we're grateful for getting that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Seven because, minutes is nice. Dude, I mean, you know, I was looking up like forums in like New York and people actually have to pay like five dollars, ten dollars for three minutes, yeah. you know? LA too. Oh yeah, man. So that's I mean, I guess we're pretty fortunate out here to get mm-hmm. the time that we're given for free yeah. for the most part, you know. Arizona's nice so far. It's like a free free spots and yeah, there's a lot more like comedy clubs here and like even like lower level comedy clubs like B level. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, cuz Miami we had the Miami Improv, we had the West Palm Improv, but you had to work hard and get in there, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Here we have places like Stir Crazy, Improv Mania, yeah. JP's where you can like you can get into a club and you can do like a weekend spot and they have crowds that come watch you. Yeah, and and we're just like newer comedians. We're, we're young. We're not like yeah. exp- you know so it's 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 so good like to cut your teeth in a room with an actual audience. That's when you really know if your bits really work because yeah. at an open mic it can be discouraging when like you're like I know this bit's funny but no one it's just other comedians and they're just all tired too and no one yeah. really cares it's like if if you can get in front of like real crowds as much as possible then it just makes you like such a sharper comedian my my first open mic was stir crazy yeah you know and it was like pretty exciting because it felt like the real deal you know what I mean it's like and, big boy comedy the yeah. big boy stage damn <laughs> it was crazy because um, you know I was introduced and. They're like, oh, I don't know this guy, but he's coming to the stage. This is Benjamin Mejia. And then I did my bits, and, like, people laughed at it. And I was like, okay, like, all right, this is a no-brainer. Like, I could do this shit. But then you go to, like, the other open mics, and then they're, like, dead silent. I'm like, wait, what happened? Like, I did this shit last time, and it was funny. So it's very discouraging at first, you know, when you're, like, barely doing the mics and stuff. But it's also fun because I, just like you said earlier, like, me, I'm I'm kind of like I tell everybody I'm a narcissistic, but like I always give something in return. Like I'm not just like, hey, look at me, look at me, you know. I'm like, hey, look at me. I've got something to provide for you, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a music. I you know I, I've played music for like you know a decade and a half or whatever, and I've always been able to like give music and like give people experiences, and that's kind of what I want to do. I just don't want to be like those typical like Instagrammers or TikTokers and be like. Hey, look at me, you know, just for yeah. all attention. Like, I want to actually make something of this, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, so, like, I'm barely, like, maybe this is my second month, like, actually going at it pretty hard. And, um, you know, the, the bombing and all that stuff, it's like, I, I enjoy it because yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that's not working, you know? And then sometimes making the actual comics laugh, it's just like, okay, now that's going to work. That's you how know? you know, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but then, like you said, like, a lot of them are tired. They don't want to, they don't really care. They're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. They're focusing on what they're going to say next. Yeah. Especially if you're going on at 11 o'clock and then, like, you know, all like 9 o'clock is, like, the perfect time to go up. Yeah. 8.30, 9 o'clock, 9.30, perfect time where everybody's going to see you. But by the time you're, like... You know, 30th on the list, everybody's bouncing, and all you have is just like yeah. eight other comedians that are waiting to go up. And once everyone's done their set, now they're just chilling. Yeah, exactly. So the post set chilling is like, these comedians are drunk and they've already done their comedy, <laughs> they don't give a fuck. Yeah. And now they're just back there talking loud, and it's, it's yeah, exactly. it, can be, it can be frustrating and discouraging, but it's important. Yeah, that like learning, like Miami taught me that quickly. Like those, bu- you're doing comedy to like no one who cares. Yeah. That's important though, because you learn to like just. If I can get one little laugh out of this fucking weird drunk dude who's tired, like I, it's a win, and it's it's a small win, but like that shit will just. If you can stick it through that, 
you love that, then you really love comedy. It's like yeah. a test. So you only been doing this for two months. You already got a podcast. You got a fucking. You're, <laughs> you're doing it up, bro. You do. You're hitting all these shows. Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of have to nowadays. You know, like you have to kind of like like they say, you got to build your audience because. I mean, we have these platforms, like, I've been taking advantage of, like, making reels on Instagram, TikTok. Unfortunately, like, I don't want to do any of that stuff, but in order to kind of, like, gather your little following, you kind of have to, you know? It's just a tool, yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, doing the podcast and everything, like, I'm like, I do this because it's fun. It's like my therapy. Um, You know, I don't have really, I mean, I live here by myself for the most part. I mean, I have my daughter, but like she goes with her mom and I'm like, okay, like I have this house to myself. Like, what do I do? I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a podcast, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I love it, dude. I I love the environment going out to like open mics. I love meeting new people. I've Mm -hmm. always thrown myself out there to meet new people, you know? And uh, to me, it's just enjoyable. Yeah. I make good friends in comedy, man. And it's weird because... Especially, I'm 34, you're... 33? 33. Yeah, dude, it's weird that, like, people my age are, they're like, they're like, you know, as you get older, your friends kind of fall away, or they get yeah. married, have kids. Exactly. And so, so now, like, my girl even is in a, in a place where she's like, how do, people, how, do, how do you people make friends? Like, it's hard to make friends. And I'm like, mm, it's, I don't... But I forget that, like, we're in an environment where we're around new people all the exactly. time. Exactly. That like the same shit that we like. Yes. We're in, like, a weird social club with stand-up. So it's interesting. It I'm like, oh, I didn't realize, like, how easy it is <laughs> to make friends when you do stand-up because... Well, yeah, we just we just it's just part of the thing. But Even other if, than that, I'm like, how would I make friends? I don't exa- know. No, dude. And I was having a like a difficult time meeting people mm-hmm. because a lot of the people that you know I was in the scene with with music, like you know, things are different nowadays. You know, you can clearly see it. You know, I told you my story about you know um, getting a show at the Nile and then being banned and everything like that yeah. just for making a silly like remark. You know and I mean, there was no Ill, Ill intent or anything like that. It was just like, I was like, yo, like, you know, like fix my flyer or whatever. Yeah. But then like people are very touchy touchy, you know? And so it's nice to me, people that are kind of like, they see everything in the same light as you do, you mm-hmm. know? Or at least if they don't understand like where you're coming from, they're like, hey, it's all right. Like we're in the same like path together. Like yeah. it's understandable. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're both trying, we're both in the same scene. We're both trying to yeah. make it and do our thing. Um, but you know, that's kind of how I was feeling in the music scene, you know, which is like, uh, like you can't really, you know, joke around with people in that scene. Yeah. Um, so, but cause music is all about, we, we, they have a strong message and they stand behind exactly. it. Exactly. Comedy is more like we're, we're playing with a message. We have, yeah. we have messages, but like I, I, I trust comedians and I give comedians a lot of room and a lot of leeway. Yeah. Like I'm, I consider myself like left wing. I'm like PC kind mm-hmm. of, you know, but it's like, I also could joke around and I also can take a joke and I also... Like, I feel like every comedian, like, I know I know that the intention is always to be funny. Yes. Even if it comes across wrong, even if it comes across offensive, whatever, like, I trust that you're trying to be funny as yes. a comedian. In music, it's probably like, we have this message that we have to represent this message because our band exactly. talks about it. And, like, if you cross that line, we're going to call you out. You're a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> with comedy, it's like, you know, if you say something fucked up, it's like, I could be like, yeah, oh, that's fucked up. But I'm not going to, like, call you out on it because I'm just like... You're being a comedian. You're, yeah. tra- you're trying to be funny. It, that didn't hit. That didn't yeah, work. Yeah, but, yeah. I, but I see what you were going for. But that's a, that's the thing with like building your own audience is that you're eventually going to find those people that like your type of stuff. Of you course, know what I mean? yeah. But with music, it's very nowadays. I mean, it's always been like I, I've always been in the punk scene. Punk has always yeah, been very political, and um, I, I don't. I'm not a very political person. I very I, I speak from like experience and how I felt throughout my whole life. And whenever I write lyrics, it's all from, you know, personal experience. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and but who I am as a person outside of music is a lot different because you know I grew up you know you know with my dad kind of like being an, an asshole. He kind of like raised me like a pit bull in a sense mentally. Yeah. You know. And uh, Mine too, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's that's how I am. And, and you know, I try to kind of like meet people in the middle. You know what I mean? Like I, I try to be like, okay, like I, I have empathy for so many things, you know what I mean? And I, and I love people, you know, like I, mm-hmm. that's who I am. I love to meet new people that we met each other and you're on my podcast. I only met yeah. you like in, in person once and now yeah. you're here, you know? And you know, I, I love people and I want to meet everybody. I want to be kind to everybody. But at the same time, there's also this part of me that's just like, I could take a lot. Yeah. You know, like uh, I could take a lot. I could, you know, when it comes to living here in like Arizona, you know, you hear about like racism and stuff like that. Like I used to work like shitty jobs where like, you know, older folk would like call me Mexican or Spanish boy or beaner or whatever. And I'm just like, whatever, dude. Like I've heard worse from my own parents, you know, like it's like nothing to me. So that, you know, people think that I come off as very like forward or too strong and you know i try my best to kind of hold back but now i found like a scene where i'm able to kind of relax a little bit you yeah, know? yeah and you know i'm not going like balls to the wall and like being like oh you know yeah, being yeah. A, you know c-u-n-t but you know um i feel comfortable i feel like okay like i could be myself around these people yeah you, know? you can cut loose you exactly fun, yeah. and i mean i'm not hurting anybody no, yeah. again there's no ill intent behind anything that i yeah. say it's just that we're on the same thing together. Of course, we're yeah. We're trying to make things happen for ourselves. Where we have like very outlandish personalities. Yeah, that's you what's know? fun about it. That's what's cool about exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. man. We're always playing with the fucking truth. We're playing with like just everything. We're just playing. We're just like having a good time. We're chopping it up. We're just always riffing <laughs> with each other. Like yeah, yeah, man. I love comedians, man. It's, yeah, they're they're really cool. I mean, I I I feel like I can't consider myself one just yet because yeah, I just man, started sure. it. But like, I hate that. I hate that people. You can't call yourself a comedian if you're not. Well, because there's like this imposter syndrome kind of I feel vibe, like you know, yeah, when yeah. you first start. You know, that's what I feel like every comic goes through in the beginning. Yeah. It's just that like, oh, I'm an imposter. Like I'm not real yet. I'm just like. You know, I'm just doing what I have to I'm do just to trying do the grunt, it, yeah. and then like eventually over time, I'll become this thing. You know what I mean? So, hmm. I guess I feel that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I feel imposter syndrome a lot of times. Yeah, like, yeah. Where like, especially in com- it's, comedy is a weird thing, man. We we're talking about earlier where it's like music. It's weird. I feel like with music, you go to a show, right? Yeah. And like you, the band's playing, and you're they're doing their thing, and you're listening, you're vibing. But you can also be like. Talk to your friend, like, hey, man, you want another beer? Whatever. Like, <laughs> comedy is this weird thing where, like, we're up on a stage talking, and the audience is expected to just be quiet and pay attention. Yeah. It's considered rude to not. And yeah. we, ask, we it's kind of asking a lot of them to just, like, sit there exactly. and just, like, sit through six people silently. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, we, <laughs> so it's funny to me that, like, we just, I don't know, it's, they, they, like, we have a platform where no one can interrupt us. So we just get to say our thoughts freely. And it's weird in that way, but it's it's cool, man. And it's uh, it's funny that you say that because you ever did Devil's Advocate? Yeah. And like all the comics talk, dude. Like they're oh, yeah. like fucking talking over your set, yeah. and you're just like, well, nobody's here. Like you have to Comedians say something. Comedians don't respect it. It's, they I, do I, not. I, dude. I mean, audiences are kind of they, they try to be more polite because they paid whatever. Like yeah. But yeah, of my yeah, it's all it's fucking fair game. But that too, man. That's another challenge. You have to learn to like. You have to learn to like amplify. And you have to learn to like. You're like, how do I make this joke precise, or how do I, 
how do I put a pause in here or a gap in here where like they'll stop and they'll look at me or they'll listen to me? Exactly. Even the comedians will turn and be like, let me hear, let me hear this set. <laughs> if, if, it's, if it sounds compelling enough, you know. I thought I thought I was gonna catch their, you know, like so like there was a bunch of like frat guys, like white dudes, and you know I'm not a racist kind of cat, you know, but you know given the circumstance or like the the way things are happening right now, there were just a bunch of white dudes, frat dudes, and I was yeah. like. Yo, where did they let you guys like park your tiki torches? You know, like, <laughs> and then they were just like, "What the fuck?" And then all the other comics were like, "Did he really say that right now?" Like, I just basically scared off all of the audience. You know, like, <laughs> so now everybody is left with just like you know comics like doing stand up in front of comics. Mm-hmm. You know, so white people aren't racist. Stop it. <laughs> you know, like what are they? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, you know, I, I love. It's uh, funny, dude. It's a funny joke. Yeah, ex- you know, I don't, I don't hate yeah. on white people. Like, you know, I love they're getting them. a lot of hate right now, man. Poor white people. They're, I know, <laughs> they're right. going through it. They've never been in a situation where they've been <laughs> so called out. They're like, whoa, like being white right now is tough, bro. It is, they're sweating. Hey, they say they're getting like, hey, chill out. Like, I, oh. I love white women though, so you yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I show mad love. All I'm the half time. white, bro. Yeah, come on, you are really. Yeah, yeah. I my mom is white. My dad's Dominican. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. We have like the same like skin. Well, my dad is dude. my dad is black. Oh, really? He's Dominican, but he's black. That's where you get the curly beard. From, yeah, dude. yeah. My dad is like. Straight I thought up. you were like Muslim or something. No, like, yeah. People think like, that sometimes. Oh, shit, yeah, this dude's got like a bomb. Got a little bit of a pointy nose too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, so how was that like growing up like half white, half Dominican, or black or whatever? It's like, cool. Yeah, I feel like yeah, it's weird. I'm. I, I was just talking about this on uh, my podcast. Shout out Joy Boys. Oh, That's hi, how yeah, we met. But, um, Austin. But, yeah, dude. Shout out Austin. Uh, but I. I just have this. I have this thing lately. So my sisters are very like, because again, my dad's black, but he's we're Hispanic. Yeah. So I always grew up understanding like I was like half Spanish, half white. Mm-hmm. My dad was in jail for the first ten years of my life. Oh wow. He so like I I was mostly just grew up with my mom, almost like a single parent, and like I grew up in Michigan. I was born in Michigan, like all white people. And then when I moved to Florida, I was growing up with like wait, all in where Detroit or what? I was part in Flint, Mich- Michigan. Oh, f- I was in Flint, oh, Michigan. White dude, people yeah. there? I thought there was all black people there. Back in the ni- early nineties, I feel like it was it was a lot of it was a lot of white going Damn, on. Yeah, and the two thousand just turned to shit. Well, like, all, because like all of her family too. Yeah. All of her family is white, so it's like me. Because again, when I'm like I'm like five and six. I'm yeah. not really out in the streets, like hey, you know. I'm like, yeah, I'm, like going, I'm going to my suck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to like my aunt's house. Yeah. So I'm, I just was around a lot of white people. I mean. Okay. And then moving to Florida, like I immediately became friends with like skater kids. Yeah. Got into punk and stuff. So I've always kind of like identified more with my white side, like the way I talk, the okay. way I, I dress and act and look at me. Like I, I, you know, it's like I've, I feel like I've, I leaned more towards my like whiteness in a way. Mm-hmm. And now as I'm getting older, I'm sort of like understanding more and like being like, yeah, Finding I'm, also, I'm also half black. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I'm trying to embrace it more and like, I, like I feel, I feel like imposter yeah. syndrome with that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of the same vibe with me because, you know, I grew up in a very, like, um, you know, strong, like, Mexican community where I grew up in, like, what people would consider the hood. You know, yeah. there was a lot of gangs and violence in my area. And, you know, as a kid, they moved us out here to Phoenix at, like, 15, 16. And, like, a lot of my family would call us whitewash, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, now you live in the suburbs and this and that. But I'm like... Okay, like I, you know, I, I started hanging out with people that I guess for a little bit that were white, and then yeah. I'm like, oh, I gravitated towards like white culture things, you know what I mean? Um, but you know, during my later years in high school, I kind of went back to you know the kind of like my yeah. roots. But like, I, I felt like I was going through like an identity crisis for a little bit because I was like 
I'm, I'm a transplant. I was taken out of like my original area, and then I was moved to here. And where I was just like, what do I do now? Like, where are my people at? You know? Yeah, like, yeah. I, and I mean, you think about it, and you see it. There's a lot of Mexicans here, but I mean, I grew up in this side of town, Peoria. Yeah. So th- at the time, 2005, 2006, there was a lot of just like white people, farmers, and stuff like that. You know. So I was just like, dang, like, I didn't know that there was a downtown until, like, my junior year of high school. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Do you have one of those? There's well, a downtown Peoria? No. Well, yeah, we have a downtown Peoria okay. here. But, I mean, that's, we'll get into that later. But, like, downtown yeah. Phoenix, oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And then when I first discovered it, like, in 2006, I think, I was just like, whoa, this reminds me of home. You yeah. know, because, like, my first, like, interaction was, like, uh, meeting a hooker. And I was Damn. just, and then the pimp, and he was like, "Yo, what's up, young blood? You want to mess with one of my girls?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this feels like home." But I'm like, "No, dude, I, I can't afford it." You right? Know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I like I would, but I don't got the money. <laughs> I'm 16, dude. I don't have 50 dollars yeah. in my name right now. You know? Can I mean? start a tab? Can I? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, "You look like a cool cat. Let yeah. me go ahead and barter with you." Or yeah, something yeah like you that work off credit or what? Yeah, yeah, I got some crowns in my pocket. You cool with that? You know? Yeah, yeah. But like. It was a trip because I was, because as a kid, you know, growing up in, in California, I grew up in Orange County. Uh, we used to live next to, like, uh, this area that's kind of, like, you know, like Grand Avenue. Like, you drive down there, you see all the trains and stuff and all the strip clubs. Like, that's kind of, like, where, you know, we grew up. And then so, like, there was always hookers. There was always pimps and stuff like yeah. that. And I remember at an early age, my, my dad would always be hit up by, like, hookers. Be like, hey, baby, want to have a good time? And my dad's, like, looking at us, me and my brother. Like, I got my kids in here, dude. Yeah. Like, what are you asking yeah. me this shit, you know? So, like, you know, going downtown on Grand by, like, El Charro, where it's completely different now, which is, yeah. like, hella hipster. It was different. I was like, oh, wow, like. This is, like, my environment. You know, unfortunately, like, this is where I grew up, and, like, I feel, like, at home with this kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I'm comfortable there, too. Yeah, man, South Florida is rough. Like, a lot of parts of South Florida are not nice. Yeah, right. It's, like, some real crazy... I grew up in a place called Carroll City in Florida. Oh, wow. Which is, like, where Rick Ross is from and shit. Oh, like, it's, like, you know, I grew up in, like, a real, real hood. Like, dude, it was like, rough, dude. There now you go back, and you're shit. like, yeah. what's up? <laughs> so, like, I'm, a little, I'm a little comfortable in, like... Yeah, like... I'm, I can't remember. one of my... And my uh, we were driving through, like, Mason. My girlfriend's like, this is, like, the... This is, like, the like, the kind of, like, the ghetto area. I'm like, this is nice. This, this is is looks nice. like, this is fine. It's funny that you mentioned that because when I first moved here, like, I felt very uncomfortable. Yeah? Because it was so quiet. Yeah. And because, you know, where I grew up, I mean, even, like, all parts of, I, I say Southern California, Los Angeles, all those areas. Granted, there's some, like, safe parts in California, but at the same time, you're, like, literally across the street from where, like, bad shit is happening. You know, yeah. there's, like, helicopters, there's ambulances 24-7. You always hear the sirens. You're yeah. always hearing sirens. And to me, that was, like, my lullaby as a yeah. kid, you know? And then so coming out here and not hearing the <laughs> helicopters or, you <laughs> know? good helicopter noise. And I, <laughs> so, I, yeah, like, I was just like, yo, like, this is too quiet. I feel like somebody's going to come behind me and just, like, you know, I know, right? stab me. Suspicious quiet, yeah. Exactly. So I was like, yo, this is where all the white people live. Like, this, this is where the like white serial killers The live. Jeffrey Dahmer type yeah. shit happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is shit you hear about in movies. You know, nothing against white people. I'm just saying, like, you again, know. Again, right, yeah. Again, like, I'm not racist. You know? Honorary half white, you know what I'm saying? He gets, I love he white people. Yeah. White women, yeah, get at me. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 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 but yeah dude so like growing up there was like a trip because i was like you know this this is my thing like i love it and 
you know, I share stories about me, like, you know, being a musician out there. When I was like 13, you ever see that movie mid-90s? Yeah. You remember like that little kid who's like 12 or 13 years old and he like meets friends with like 17, 18-year-old kids? Yeah. That was me, dude. Like, uh, my first experience with like being a part of like the music scene out there was me being 13 years old. And it's because like they literally walked through my neighborhood and they heard me playing guitar and they came into my music room. I was like, what the hell? Like, they just bombarded me and shit. They're like, what? You're a little kid playing that? And you're left-handed? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know? <That> was dope. <laughs> and then so they're like, yo. Like they just like started making, you know, we just started becoming friends and they invited me to a party with them. And I was, like, this little 13-year-old kid, you know, short and pudgy, and I was, like, drinking with them yeah. already, like a little 17, 18-year-old. It's when, like, the first Lord of the Rings came out, you know? I was, Damn. like, stoked, and I was, like, yeah, dude, like, I'm friends with the older kids, you know? And that's, like, the lifestyle. Like the past, yeah. Exactly. Like, you, you're, you like... But at the same time, I'm kind of grateful that I, I did live here because life definitely slowed down for me here because if I was still a kid out there, like it would have been at such a fast pace. I'm pretty sure for you out there too. You would have gotten into some shit. Yeah. You would have been, you, you're like kind of forced into these things that yeah. typically are not happening here. You know? Oh dude. Yeah. I would get, I would get into some shit when I was like in Carroll city, Florida. Like, yeah, I lived in like a little trailer park out there, bro. For what? real. Yeah. And, uh, my friends, we would just get into shenanigans, bro. But then, like, as you get older, when you're young, shenanigans are fun. Yeah. So you shoot little slingshots at cans and shit. And then as you, yeah. get, as you start to get older, and you, all your friends are getting older, and then the shenanigans start to become, like, oh, all my friends are trying drugs for the first time. All my friends are actually yes. robbing fucking people. And, like, my friend, like, broke into someone's house and stole some shit. And, like, that's when I was kind of like, ooh, like, I, I feel like I was a good kid. I was like, I don't really want to do that. Like, bro, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Exactly, like, you know, they said, that's not cool to me. Like, so... I always had like a set of morals where I was like, I don't want to like, I don't want to fuck people over and like rob people. Yeah. But, like that's the environment down, bro. It's like that because their their big brothers are doing that shit. Their dad yeah. was doing that shit. So it just like when you live in those environments, it's it's hard to not fall into exactly. the bullshit. I mean, my parents they they grew up in that rough environment, and I always you know mentioned it in my podcast where, you know, my dad has seen like you know his friends getting shot in front of them or like their heads fucking get lit up. Or him being like, you know, there's drive eyes happening around him and stuff like that. But they never like fell into that kind of like lifestyle. Right. I mean, granted, they kind of like dressed it and they like loved the culture, but yeah. that's just because it's like Chicano, like Mexican culture, yeah. you know? But, you know, they had me at such a young age, 16, 17 years old, where my dad had to like, all right, I need a man up. Like, I Damn. need to do my part, you know? Whereas me, when I was his age, I was just like, free for all. Like, oh, yeah. I don't have a kid. Like, I can do whatever the freak I want, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I remember, though, like, you know, being in that environment where, like, I was influenced to do, like, crazy shit as a kid, you know? I was, like, influenced to, like, there's this one thing where you would get, like, spark plugs and you would throw them on people's windshields and, like, this little, like, spark would, like, cause the windshields to, like, blow up. Whoa. And then so you're, like, you're just driving past, or, because like, I used to skateboard a lot and we used to skate past cars and just throw, like, these spark plugs into, like, car windshields and they were just shattered. Damn, yeah. But, it, you know, we did it to a business, which really sucked. Now thinking about it, looking yeah, yeah. past, you're like, yeah. dude, like, these people were just probably getting like the transmission fixed or oil change and stuff yeah, like that. Dude. And then now we just broke a windshield yeah. and we know how much of a fucking, you know, pain I, it now is. Now that you get older, you're like, fuck, dude. Like, uh, I, think back to much shenanigans you did that back then. You were just, it was just fun and you're like, this is fun. And exactly. There's no consequences because you don't have bills yet. But when you get older, you start to pay for your own shit. You're like, exactly. Damn, I was an asshole. <laughs> Especially windshields, man. Especially yeah. living here. Like, they cost like $300, $400 for a windshield, you know, depending on yeah. your car. 
And it's just like, dude, and I do that to somebody? And they probably didn't have insurance. Yeah, you know? dude. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad yeah. that, you know, we did leave that area because you're already in that age, 14, 15, 16, where you're like, okay, like, what can I do to, you know, get into trouble and what can I get away with? Right. You know, so... And I was always like a nerd, so I think being nerdy saved me. It kept, it kept, <laughs> it, it like kept my innocence because my friends were all getting into fucking gang shit, and I was like still just playing Pokemon and exactly, you know what I'm saying, collecting Pokemon cards. So <laughs> I, I had like my cool, like tough friends, and I had like some nerdy friends, and like I started gravitating more towards my nerdy friends because I was yeah. like, I like video games. I'd rather do that than fucking go, you know, rob a liquor store with you fuckers. <laughs> like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna play fucking rob Pokemon. A liquor really? store. Yeah. That's crazy. I'll play Pokemon State. They didn't really do. That. I, I don't know anybody who did that, but I'm saying an example, you know? Yeah. I'd rather, I mean, I'd rather play Pokemon Stadium <laughs> than rob a liquor store. Yeah. Rob a 7 Eleven. Yeah, dude. Dude, it's crazy because I saw a 7 Eleven get robbed when, because my parents, they would uh, take us to like the beach every Tuesday. And then so we drove past a 7 Eleven one time. Some dude was like holding up a fucking 7 Eleven with a yeah. gun. And I was like, okay, I can see why we're leaving. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, dude, like, uh, I was the same way. Like, I was into, like, you know, I, I went through like my emo phase just like everybody Yo, did. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, as a young kid, I was brought up on, like, oldies and, like, uh, funk music and, like, gangster rap. And then my dad was just like, oh, well, I know about this other music, too. You want to listen to it? So, you know, I started listening to Zeppelin, Sabbath. And yeah. then my teenage years, I had, like, this girlfriend that was, like, really into, like, this band called At The Drive-In, AFI, oh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then so she's like, okay, well, show me more, dude. Like, and then so like I, I started listening to him. You remember him? Yeah. Dude. And then I'll, you know, I was just like wearing hot pink. And I was just like, yeah. this is so like <laughs> not me. Like, I don't look like the type of dude that would wear hot pink. American it's, apparel. Ex- so, just yeah. given the fact that like where I come from and like the way that my other family members look at me like, yo, are you gay? Or like, why are you wearing this color? Like, you know what I mean? Like. But I'm like, oh, just because I like the culture, you're like the music. Yeah, it, you yeah. know what I mean. Like, that was I, me too, I, bro. The emo, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, I dig it, you know. And I'm like, I didn't get like the the emo haircut. No, yeah. I couldn't because like, I had an afro, but now I'm bald, so yeah. you know, I, I can't grow anything anymore. But I used to have an afro, so it's just like, you know, just like, you yeah, know, just like I wear my hair back and forth type <laughs> of thing, you know. But like, it was. You know, it was different. Like, I was like, okay, like, I love, like, emo music now, my MCR type stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, that was just me at that time. So, yeah, I was... But at the same time, a lot of my friends that were into, like, emo were also doing, like, really bad stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they were, They like, had a real reason to be, re- to be emo. Oh, you know what I'm saying? man, dude. They were, like, hella suicidal, man. Yeah. Dude, like... It's crazy because me and my my brother had a friend and um, like I remember we left Arizona and like the first year that we left, it's crazy because we were literally the glue that held our crew together. You know because my my brother and I were like best friends mm-hmm. growing up. We were really only two years apart, so you know we we got along. We skated together, listened to music. We like you know hit on girls together. We even had like little sleepovers with our girlfriends in our room. Like, hey, don't tell mom, you know. Nice. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, we, dude, we got caught a lot. Though I'm not gonna lie, my mom yeah. was like, "There's girls sleeping over in the house." I'm like, "Oh, dude, they caught me," you know. Yeah. Like, but like, it, it's weird. Like, I mean, where was I going with this? Where, Sorry, uh, I'm like you, buzzing. Oh, you said you were the <laughs> you were the glue that held your. Oh yeah, so the, the the glue that held our friends together because a lot of them were kind of already going down that route of like being bad, mm-hmm. and I and like as soon as we we left and just like you mentioned, like you had those friends that were really bad, 
they started getting into like harder drugs yeah. and then getting locked up and sent to prison, you know? And I'm really grateful that I, like a couple of my friends that we were like, you know, best friends and we stuck around in each other's lives, like they made it out alive. And uh, a lot of our other friends didn't, you know, a lot of them did like commit like suicide yeah. and got themselves locked up in prison, got hooked onto drugs and stuff like that. So, you know, at the same time, like, yeah, sometimes like I hate it here. I'm like, oh, like I just hate the sun, especially if you're going west and the sun's hitting you. Oh, my God. You're, you're blind. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, those are all the only moments where I hate Arizona. Yeah. But like. Aside from that, I'm like, yo, like I, I owe a lot to my parents because if I was still in that like area, mm-hmm. then I would have yeah. been pretty bad. Kid. They get you out of there, yeah. yeah. My, my, my parents, especially, yeah. My, so my, my brother is, my, so it's weird because my mom is white. So mm-hmm. my mom had, uh, my mom had two kids before she met my dad. Okay. Which, so I have white brother and white boy sister. What? Yeah, and so like an older and one. And is your sister the one that lives here? The the white. No, one? no. I have, I have six brothers and sisters. Total. No way. Three older than me, three younger than me. On the middle, yeah. <laughs> but so my, so my dad had a kid, my brother Charlie, and then my mom had two kids. So my white brother, uh, we, when we lived in Carroll City, Florida, it was like a, a hood. Like, he went to this all-black school. He was the only white kid in this black school. Yeah. And he got, like, jumped really bad. Like, had to go to the hospital oh, and shit. shit. I think he was he was trying to be hard, though. He, I think yeah. he was, like, I think he was talking some shit. Like, he, wanted, <laughs> he, always, he always says it just happened for no reason, up. but I'm like... They didn't just. I don't think they just fucked you up just because you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's like yo, they just looked at me and fucking started. Yeah, hitting that's me. what. He, that's what. It's kind of how he made it seem. But I'm like, as I get older, I'm like, you probably. That was like you, me. You probably done a little bit of shit trying to stop, trying to stand out. But yeah. anyway, so that happened, and so my mom was like, I was, I was like in late, I was like in going to middle school. My mom was like, I don't want you to go to school in Carroll City, so she so we moved to Pembroke Pines, Florida. Yeah, which is like a nicer, like a suburban, like yeah, it's like mostly. Yeah, it's like it's not it's not bad at all. It's nice there. So I went to school there basically mainly in, in most of my middle school and my in my high school I went to in Pembroke Pines, Florida. Okay. A much nicer place. So yeah, they like they basically like our parents got us out of that. And so I don't know, we yeah, we owe them a lot and it's like we they kinda saved us from that environment. And look yeah. at us now, we do comedy and we laugh and we enjoy <laughs> life. You know, we like we're having it, a good time. Even though we act like we're like super down and like, oh man, life was rough or whatever we yeah, put into yeah. our material, we're still like, Oh, I'm so grateful though, you know. I, I mean? am, like, I'm grateful, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, yeah. Uh, growing up with like parents who were like 16, 17 years That's old. That's wild, yeah. Definitely did make a, an impact because, I mean, growing up, like, they were just trying to make ends meet, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, me and my brother were just like, all right, free for all. Like, we're going to do whatever we want, you mm-hmm. know? So, like, we didn't have, like, your traditional upbringing. But, I mean, really, who does these days? You right, know? Or exactly. even in, like, the early 90s, mid-90s or whatever. But yeah. at the same time, they provided for us. They provided the necessities, you know? Yeah. And then I feel like as a, as a young person, like, you're like, okay, now i got to figure this shit out myself. My parents did what they can, you know, being young parents now, like, all right, now I need to kind of figure out, you know, this shit myself. And so, like, I mean, that's what I'm still doing now. I'm like, yeah. being in my early 30s, I'm like, holy shit, like, <laughs> you know, like, now I know, like, what my parents could go through, you know what I mean? Cause, yeah, when you get to, like, the age that they were, you, you're kind of like, damn, I, this how, damn, like, exactly. Well, I mean, they, they already had a house at it. So by the time like my parents were like twenty one, they already bought their first house. Damn. You know what I mean? They had like cars, and my dad was building cars. Like, it was just like you know, like you know, how old are you now? You thirty thirty four. Thirty four. And do you own your house or do you rent? No, I just rent. Okay, so I mean, 
Like, my parents, like, they had already owned a house, you know. They already had, like, multiple cars and stuff like yeah. that. So, it's just, like, wow. Looking back, it's just, like, you guys did all that, you know, in, like, the at 90s. That age, at yeah. that age, it's just, like, now we could barely get our shit together, you know. Which, again, like, back then it was a little bit cheaper. Economy-wise, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially, I think, in the early 90s, the comedy economy was, like, chilling. They were they were thriving, you know. <laughs> right. I feel like it was, like, not, not hard to do things, like. I don't know, but yeah, because there is that thing now where the expectation is still like go to college, yeah. get a degree, then you have to. But it's like it's harder to, it's harder to do that in these these days, and people are starting yeah, to recognize man. that where it's like it's not as easy to just live on your own even. Exactly, living, living on your own is, is as hard to do. I mean, I, I rent this house by myself. Granted, yeah. I only pay so much for it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I have another mouth to feed, you yeah. know. And then that person's only like nine years old, so yeah. I'm just like, okay, like I need to provide for two. And, you know, it's a two-bedroom house. I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, really set my game up. But, like, my parents, especially my mom, she's always sending me, like, you know, like, hey, uh, this place is hiring for this many hours, this Mm -hmm. and that. And I'm like, dude, like, if I already made it this far, like, you know, being on my own driving for, like, Uber Eats, like, and then me wanting to survive on my own, like, you know, I'm not going to, like, want to you know, get an office job like I used to and, like, fucking kill myself over it, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'd rather be sane and then just do what I need to do to survive as Mm -hmm. opposed to just, like... Because she was like, oh, like, well, what are you going to do if your car, like, breaks down? I'm like, it's already happened, like, 10, 20 times. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I've made it work. Yes. You know? So, like... That's all it is, making it work, Making it work. And I never thought about that because, like, I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, dude, if my car breaks down, like, what do I do? But then I, like, reflect. I'm like... Oh wait, it's already broken down. I've already went through like twenty sets of tires in yeah. like three years. Like, yeah. you can make it work. You know what I mean? Figure it out. Yeah. And granted, like you know, my parents are like a big help. They've helped me a lot. But at the same time, it's just like I can do it on my own. Yeah. You know, she's always sending me like you know, like hey, they're hiring here, they're hiring here. But like, yo, but the things that I want to do, like I have to be on a set schedule. I I don't want to do that anymore. Especially when there's a lot of like gig con- like gig jobs. You know, like driving jobs and yeah. stuff like that. It's like you don't have to be tied down to a desk anymore. Like, There's flexibility nowadays. Exactly, yeah. especially for a job that's like fourteen dollars an hour. I'm like, and I told her I was like, "Yo, dude, like I make twenty five an hour. If you yeah. really think about it, yeah. I make twenty five. I could make like a hundred and fifty dollars in four hours, like Damn. if I wanted to. You know, driving. That's nice. And so, like, I mean, yeah, I have to really put like effort into it because sometimes right, I'm just right. like lazy. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do anything this week. That's know? my problem, dude. If you give me those, Johnny, give me those kind of jobs that. I've- <laughs> I have freedom. I choose my own schedule. Exactly. The schedule is never. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and then like the last week of the month, I'm like, oh shit, rent's due. Yeah, I got to step it up. But I get it done, right? I'm like, yeah, there's like this three-day grace. And then like my landlord's like, yo, you owe me $20 for each a day. Like, fuck. (laughs) Even even 20 ain't bad though, you know? Yeah, exactly. As opposed to getting like kicked out. (laughs) It still sucks, yeah. No, I feel you, man. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's like... uh, I'm at that point too, man. Where like I've again, I think growing up in the environments we grew up in, they've they've kind of they. I'm grateful for the opportunity that it like showed me that you don't need much. Yeah. To get by, like my mom was broke growing up. Like I grew yeah. up poor. Like you don't need much, man. You're you're getting by. You're providing. You're paying your bills. And the rest is you know you have to enjoy your life too. You exactly, know what I'm saying? Like man. I would obviously like to make money. And there's like I think about that sometimes where it's weird where I'm I'm like man sometimes I like I don't wish this but I'm like. I wonder what it's like to have the kind of brain where you're just like, I'll just be an, I'll just be a landscaper. 
or you just decide you just have a regular job, you just make money, and you have no artistic like passions. Exactly. And, I mean, and I don't want to sound so harsh about it no, because yeah. I mean, like people who can do that shit, like more power to them. I'm, it's honor, you know, it's honorable. Those are people who are sacrificing for their family. You I'm know, I'm saying. But me, I don't have a family like that. I mean, I don't have a wife. I don't have a big family. I just have me and my daughter. But yeah. I'm trying to instill this into my daughter as well. I'm like, yo, dude, like if you really push yourself, if you really believe in yourself, and you're autistic, and you have. Yeah. A bigger, you know, hopes and dreams for anything else, like you can do it. You yeah. know what I mean? But you have to put in the work. I want to encourage my kid to follow their dreams, like find something and fucking love it. Because, yeah, my my parents were very practical. My dad was very practical. My mom was very practical. Yeah, because they grew up in the, again. They grew up in hard times, and they yes. so they want to teach you a good lesson to say, hey, what's important is you have to make money and provide for your family. That, that's the key Get to the them. Retirement. That's uh, that's your yeah exactly. And so for but for us, I think we're our younger generation, and we're just like. I, our parents made it a little easier for us than it was for them. Exactly. And so now <laughs> we're not, and we're like we want to just have fun. And fucking, <laughs> but then I feel bad sometimes because I'm like, uh, like I know like you guys want me to work a nine to five yeah. and stuff like that, but I can't. Like mentally, I just can't do it. Especially yeah. given the the circumstances that we're put in nowadays, mm-hmm. where we can like make money off of. Every other avenue. Yeah. And not just, I mean, it's not like we're lazy or anything because we are putting in the work and what we want to do, yeah. you know? Because, like, my parents, they see me and they see me come over to their house and, like, dude, like, aren't you working? I'm like, yeah, but sometimes me working is just writing stuff down in my journal, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Where I have to write stuff and, like, I have to memorize, like, certain things or yeah. you know, like, do, even doing the podcast, you know? Yeah. I have to sacrifice a whole day of work to make this happen in, in hopes of something, you know, bigger yeah. happening than just me being in my room, you know? Yeah, dude. So, like, that's something that they don't understand, but because they're, you know, my dad brought something up um, yesterday because... You know, we were because he loves Mark Norman as well. I introduced mm-hmm. him to him because he loves comedy That's too. Cool your dad loves comedy. I like oh, that. dude, yeah, That's awesome. he, he's like, oh man, he's one of the best. You know, I'm gonna take him to go see him next oh, month. Nice. You know, and then so he's like, oh, he's one of the best, and and then he's like, I think he was, uh, what is it? Uh, we might be drunk, but he was like talking to, what is it talking? Not Santino, some other cat. But he was like, oh, some of his, like, you know, like, the stories that he tells, like, they sound ridiculous. They sound, like, you know, prefabricated or whatever. But I'm like, but these are people who actually live their life. Like, these are people who actually got out there and, like, taken risks. Mm -hmm. Like, not saying that you haven't, but you've had a different life compared to other people. Like, right. And he's, and I'm like, they've actually like worked hard towards what they want to do. They've actually had to like throw themselves out there in the public and like make fools of themselves yeah. you know, pretty much. And he's like, well, I guess I'm a different kind of guy, you know? He's like, I, 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 I'm breaking my body to survive. And I'm like, well, you know, nowadays dad, you don't have to do you that don't have anymore. To, yeah. But he's still it's a very traditional approach. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel bad for saying that, but at the same time, it's just like, no, it just is what it is, man. It's, it is it's, what it is. Yeah, because back in the day, yeah, it's, it, it, I feel a shift with it, back in the day, you worked, and that's the, and then there were stars, exactly, and there was no like middle ground. You didn't know how to be do that. Like you had to be have a dream and follow your dream, yeah, or you just had to work. And like back then, it seemed more less accessible. Now we have in the palm of our hand, you have social media. You can yeah. put yourself out there. So now there's just more incentive where we're just like, I don't have to like just do this. I can like. Look at us. We're, we're bal- you're balancing everything, man. That's what I was. I'm trying yeah. to figure that out too right now, because I'm getting married this year. Mm. I, I do want a kid, and I, I want Congrats, the, I, I want this. Thank you. I want this life, but I also want to do comedy, and I also want to have artistic. Yeah. I don't want to. And sometimes I feel black and white in my mind, where I'm like, you either can like have a family, or you can be a stand up. You know what I mean? Or you can like. Yeah. It's that weird black and white thinking, but I feel like 
for me, it's just a, a matter the same thing you said with your car where like, you're like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm gonna figure it out. If, if like, this is the life that I want. So I have to build this life that I want. Yeah. I, can't, I can't, my path is not someone else's path. So exactly. I want my, my, I want to get married. I want to have a family and I also want to be a stand up. So I just have to figure out how to do it my way and how to make that work for me. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying like I can't just like it, it's, it's hard sometimes. You think that you're you're just like I, I if I have a family my my stand up is just done, <laughs> or or I have to like I just have to be like I, I have to just leave everything behind and just yeah. go and follow my dreams. It's like a weird like black and white we play with our minds where it's not exactly true. man. I mean I'm a late bloomer man. I mean you know typically like they say like you have to be like 10, 12 years mm-hmm. of doing stand up before you actually reach some type of like success, you know? So I'm like, you know what? I'm really I, I've already, you know, come this far in my life where I haven't like really had any success. So I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, what's another 10 years? Exactly. What's another 12 years? Exactly. I mean, just as long as I'm able able to provide for my, you know, my kid at this moment, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care where I am. I could be sleeping on a couch, yeah. you know? I mean, granted, like, they're not going to have, you know, room to sleep or whatever, but, like, my goal is to set my, my, set my daughter up for success. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, by the time she hits 18 years old, that's like eight, nine years from now. Yeah. And um, I'm able to just like set something up for them. Like I'm like I'm working towards that. I'm I mean I'm not really looking for money right now. I'm working towards like getting like stage time or just mm-hmm. be a good comedian or just like having a podcast or just being out there. You know what I mean? So I'm like you know I told my dad I'm like you know I'm not thinking for myself right now. Like yeah. you know I'm thinking for my daughter. And on top of that, like yeah I'm, I'm thinking of like comedy and all that other stuff. But that's not where my mindset yeah. is at. I'm like, I'm thinking for my daughter. I'm going to set her up for success. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mind being in the trenches for another 10 years. I don't exactly. care about, like, not making money for another 10 years just as mm-hmm. long as I get to my end goal. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I feel like uh, I've heard a, I heard a good quote one time that's so true. I don't know if it was a quote or just someone said it, but it's, <laughs> they're like, you, you can always get a job. You can always just get a job. Yeah. If, if, if Let's say you do another 10, 12, you know, like, whatever happens in life. There's always going to be jobs to get. Given the like, there's only there's only an opportunity where you can try to do something with your, you know. Yeah. But like, but then at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, go apply for a job. Like the job isn't going anywhere. Yeah. There's no there's no there's no. You'll always get to have a job. Like I understand building a career and having a savings and a retirement, all that shit. It's important, but like like you said, man, I, I just need to get by, pay my bills, and like, you know, why not try? Why not go for something? You know, yeah. I feel like. It's hard to follow your dreams and it's hard to make it, but it's also like, I feel like it's it's tough to not try too. It's tough to yeah. never try at all. That, that's scary to me because I feel like that's how, what causes like depression and shit, man. You know, <laughs> like that's that deep depression where you're like, exactly, you're 60 man. and you're like, I didn't do shit with my life. And the biggest thing old people regret, they have a regret. They just like, it's not doing like shit. I, I wish I did more. I wish and I I'm tried more. I'm pretty sure our parents feel it too, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, they had to sacrifice for us. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure like my dad looks at, you know, you know, I'm pretty sure he looks at social media. He's like, "Damn, like I missed out on a lot." You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, you know, our goal, I guess, is or the, for them, success is like seeing their kids like fucking striving. Yeah. You know what I mean? For you too, man. I feel like the, you know, if you raise your daughter right, you raise her good, you raise a good kid, and like you you make her have you know a good life. That that's like that 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 is your job. That's success. Like so, yeah. You know, you could have the biggest mansion in the world for your child, but if you're never home and you don't like that. Most some of the most drug addicted people and the most <laughs> fucked up families are like the rich families. You yeah, know what I mean? Like true, man. My 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 girlfriend grew up in uh Fountain Hills, Arizona, you know Fountain okay, Hills. Yeah, yeah. Very nice houses and stuff. Like 
Bro, and she knows so many people that like got addicted to heroin and like did Damn, got addicted to dude. pills because like they got these nice houses and I feel like in these nice huge mansions with these fucking huge pools. Like the parents yeah. are working so hard to maintain that lifestyle that they neglect their their the love. They they neglect. They're never home. They're yeah. they're working. They're traveling. They're working six days a week and they're the kids just at home alone, fucking having sex and popping pills. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like you're yeah. not you're not really. So it's like you're 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 trying to do all these things and provide for your child, but. The best way to provide for your child is to love them and to be there for them and listen yeah. to them and raise them right. And that's that's, exactly. that's all you got to do. That is raising a child successfully. And that's kind of how I was growing up here. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, California had its has its like thing. But like growing up in like some parts of like Arizona, you did see a lot of the like pill popping or like mm-hmm. kids who are depressed or like the parents are just like. Do your own thing, you know, because like we had friends that were like that, and it was just like, oh shit, like that's yeah. crazy, man. Like, I'm thinking about some of my friends who had like nice, nice houses, bro, and there's just like sadness in those houses. You're just like, <laughs> like this place is dope. You're like, this is this is dope, but like I feel the damn, like your mom and dad are like, don't they don't sleep in the same room? They're like, got marital issues. Like this is fucked up. They're like, hey, you want to smoke some meth with me? Yeah, there's like they have like dark family shit going on. Like the dad cheats on the mom with the secretary. It's like. Fuck, dude. This is like it's, this is a nice place, but what is? It? There's still depression in here. Exactly. You it's can like, still be depressed in a mansion. You feel me? Like, hey, your mom is really cool. And he's like, that's not my mom. That's my dad's secretary. Yeah, I can't say anything about it. I'm not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> he gives me money to shut up. <laughs> oh shit, man. Where do you where do you see yourself right now? Are you are you pretty happy where you're at? Yeah, dude. I'm getting there. I'm I'm finding ways. That, yeah. I'm, I will, again, I mean, I've been through a lot of depression and shit for a while, and I've been. I, yeah. I have depression, you know. I deal with it, but it's like, I'm I'm mostly good right now, and I, life feels pretty good right now. What What is depression, dude? Because I mean, like, you know, yeah. it's weird speaking about it because growing up in a household where, like, you know, I guess for them they kind of like buried it deep, mm-hmm. especially my like my pops. Like, my, I I every time I see him, he's always happy. You know, what I mean, he's always. But at the same time, I'm like, there's got to be something deep yeah. down inside of you, you know, where he's like very, he's hit it very well. But at the same time for me, I'm just like, I feel this way. Why don't you feel this way? Mm-hmm. Even though I have everything like that's handed to me, yeah. like, why do I feel this way still? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think our generation is just more honest about it. We talk yeah. about it. It's more normalized nowadays to talk about it. Yeah. And that, that's why I'm, I, was, I was like, I feel like there's more depressed and anxious people than ever before. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. I just think that nowadays it's not, it's not taboo to say it. Yeah. Back in the day, if you said it, people were like, oh my God, you're depressed. Like, yeah, man. It's like a medical <laughs> condition. Or yeah, they're just like, suck it up. Life exactly. is hard. But now like if someone's depressed, we're like, oh, we like listen to our friends. You are? Let me talk, let's talk about it. Like <laughs> it's, we're, we're, we're more like open about it now and yeah. like, we can just express ourselves. But again, that's, I think that facing it and talking about it. Like when you're older, it'll pay off because you'll you'll deal with it, you'll think about it, you'll talk about it, yeah, and then you can kind of work through it, and then you'll live a good life. But it, again, it's like if you let that shit all bottle up and build up, you'll become this like miserable fuck, and you'll get exactly. stuck in this. Like, I, I know my 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 dad, dude. He absolutely had my dad passed away, but he um he absolutely had like depression, PTSD. But he held fucking, it all in. Held it all in, and it just it came out, and he was like fucking abusive and alcoholic and shit, bro. Wow. And so like. I was like, I, as I get older, I understand more. I'm like, that's just a man right there who like never was able to just be like, mm-hmm. I'm fucked. My life, like, you know, it's things are fucked up right now. Like, he could never just say it. Yeah, he was always pretending like he just got this, got this, and it's like, but you don't got it because you're you're a fucking mess. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I'm saying? So dude. it's like, it's it's 
we got to talk about it. We got to express it. We got to, you know, express it. And like, but you can't get stuck there, man. That's the thing I learned is like, I get, yeah. you, it's easy to get stuck. And then when you feel like in that rut, you're just like, exactly. You feel so unmotivated. You don't want to do anything. You just feel like so shitty about yourself, talking shit to yourself all day. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a loser. Yeah. Blah, blah. And it's like, you have to just like, I think you just have to, you have to understand that you, you are depressed or whatever. And you have to find the things that. I think I was on this the other day we, we, in that talk I was having with my buddy. But, yeah, yeah. But it's like I, I had to come to a point with my depression where I like I just started to like be like this is I have I have to fix this. Yeah. No one's gonna fix this for me. Exactly. Like, it's kind of just like the fact that I'm here. I can't be like well my dad my dad raised me wrong. Like I know so many people who just like are not self aware. Yeah. They're not like they still blame everything that's wrong with them on exactly. their upbringing. It's all about accountability. Accountability, bro. And it's like you're you you can blame you can blame your parents to a certain point. Like they can they made you kind of the way you are. But at a certain point, dude, it's kind of corny to. To still say <laughs> that you're 34 and you have my parents, and you have anger issues, and you punch holes in walls because your dad <laughs> was mean to you. It's like, come on, bro. Exactly. You're like, a full ass adult. Like I, I always, and my mom makes a really good point because I was like, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm fucking fat because of you guys because yeah, you guys yeah. fed me all this shit. You guys put coke in my bottle yeah. when I was a kid. But she's like, well, when you were 18 years old, did you try to make anything happen? Like, did you try to like change anything about yourself? I'm like. No, but at the same time, you know, there's also that addiction to food. Or for food. sure. But then at the same time, like, you have to make shit happen for yourself, you know, yeah. as an independent. You're like, okay, I'm tired of this. I've seen, like, everything that's happened to me as a kid. I'm going to make I'm gonna yeah. make shit happen for myself, you know? In a way, like, it is your parents' fault, but it's also, but then, it be, but then it's our responsibility. Exactly. To We're recognize that enough. my parents set me up for kind of failure. <laughs> I, have, I have to redirect this course. Yeah, exactly. Because it's only my life that's getting fucked up now. It's yeah. not, they, they have nothing to do with this yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. My mom is vibing in Florida and I'm like, I'm here in Arizona. <laughs> like, I can't be like, damn, mom, I'm fucking bad because I'm like, I'm because going to but I'm driving there. She's not feeding me anymore. I, I put the gas in my car to take yeah, you there. I like. put my own gas in my car. I drive myself to eat my ass. It's not like she's calling you. Hey, you going to feel better those tonight? Ooh, good idea, mom. Throw away the salad. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Let's get into Southern Fries, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's this, like, a place by here that we I used to hit up. It's called Herreras. Ooh. They have the best, like, Southern Fries. Damn. Damn. But you know, what, you, know what, you, know, you know what I'm addicted to is the Filberto's Cowboy Fries. I never had those. Cowboy Fries, dude. What's in them? Cowboy Fries are just, so it's, like, fries, and then it's, like, just a bunch of cheese, um, like, the red sauce. They put, like, jala, grilled, jala, grilled jalapenos. Uh-huh. And just a bunch of chicken, mm. and then you can put sour cream on it if you want. That okay. shit is fire. Like when I was drunk and coming home from shows, <laughs> I would tear up some cowboy fries, dude. There was a while where I was getting them every morning. Like, I wake, no I wake up in the morning, bro. They're like ten, thirteen dollars a piece. Yeah, dude. it was like it was like my hangover food, and then it became like my <laughs> breakfast. Bro, I was so addicted that I wake up at nine nine a.m. go get some fucking no cowboy way, fries, dude. like in my pajamas, eating cowboy fries. Yeah, I remember it was a problem. I remember my cousin would get so drunk. That he would make me drive his suburban yeah. into the drive-thru of Herrera's, but I was drunk too. Yeah, yeah. So I was like this little 16, <laughs> 17, 18-year-old kid, and I was like, You want me to drive where? Yeah. You're gonna share with me, dude. Yeah. You're gonna buy <laughs> I was me like, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll drive you. Yeah, you're gonna buy me, yeah. <laughs> but he's like, I'm too drunk. <laughs> A terrible don't drink and drive guy. Yeah, I was like, I don't do that anymore. Dude, like, well, it's never mind. It's a little fun. It is. I like it. It is. That music never hit harder, bro. You're like, hey, you feel yourself. Come on. Dude, like, when I told you guys when I showed up to Gracie's, yeah. I was like, I was listening to Al Green and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And then our buddy was like, damn, you was listening to Al Green. I was like, feeling it. Yeah, but dude. after we left, dude, I was just like, okay, it's like St. Patrick's night. And then I was like, there's cops out. There's yeah. co- dude, literally, as I got in my car, I heard, 
And then I saw like somebody getting pulled over in front of me. I was like, okay, recline back. I was yeah. like, I have to go to sleep. Like, and I was like, dude, my head was like spinning, dude. Oh, I forgot like, that you went. To, yeah, you napped that night. That's smart. I napped yeah. heavy, dude. Because what time did we leave? Like eleven thirty. Probably like eleven thirty or and mid- I, midnight. Yeah. And then I fell asleep all the way up until three thirty, dude. Damn. Like I was like, oh shit, I gotta wake up and go work. You almost like, saw the sunrise, bro. Dude, I almost. Yeah, I think I know, right? If it was summer, then yeah, I would yeah. see the sunrise. <laughs> yeah. But then as I like popped up, I was like, all right, everybody's gone. There's no cops yeah. or anything like that. I was like, I'm cool. But then, uh, you know, you sleep, but you have a good night's sleep. You yeah. Know, yeah. Heavy. And then you're like, all right, I'm good. You yeah, know yeah, you're mean? chilling, yeah. But yeah, man. Oh, man. Real smart of you, man. Yeah. I was like, my, my mom heard uh, one of my podcasts and she's like, you really woke up naked? Like on somebody's lawn? Like you were drunk? I was like, yeah. That's what you heard, mom. That's the episode you listened to. Damn, I know, right? Come on, I got like twenty yeah, episodes. Like, I know, mom. Tune into the fun the one. one. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, she's also like, she's like, I heard that one episode where you first tried coke. I was uh, like, that's mm, funny. Yeah, you're so funny that you're like, I, you forget that. Like, I forget that too. Where I'm like, I guess I am recording myself. <laughs> <laughs> this, your podcast is literally called Confessions. Look right. around, you know, confessions all these confessions have shown me too. This is confessing. <laughs> yeah, dude. Because like you, dude. My, my mom and my sister heard like my podcast, and my my sister, she she plays it safe. She she's like, oh, I don't like fuck up in life because I learn from everybody else's mistakes, mm-hmm. which is smart, you know. Because yeah. she's the younger child, you know. Yeah. And then, so she's had to see my brother and myself, like, fucking fuck up in life. And mm-hmm. she's like, yo, I'm definitely not going to take that route, you know? Yeah. So she's very successful at a very young age, just like my parents were. Like, she's in her early, she's 22, I think, or 23. Yeah. She owns this house. This is my landlord's house, my sister. Damn, bro. What does she do for, like, work? Oh, dude, well, she was working at fucking uh, Sam's Club. Sam's Club? Sam's Club. That's it? And then now she's doing, like, web design. Damn. So she's, you know, Good she her, learned man. from she her. learned yeah, from our yeah. fuck ups, yeah. pretty much, you know. Yeah. But you know, it took us a fuck up for her to achieve yeah. and reach her goals. You know what I mean? Yes, I'm gonna live here because I taught you how to get this shit. <laughs> I so, know, right? Yeah, this, yeah. Me showing up drunk to the house and being yeah. fucking belligerent. You know, guess what? Like yeah. you learned. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm your mentor. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do one, one last thought. What I was thinking about the depression shit. Like, just one last thing I was gonna say is that just yeah, I had to learn to. Um, uh, I had to learn to just like basically blame myself. Yeah, as like mean as that sounds, it sounds no, mean yeah. to blame yourself. You have to shame yourself. But yeah, and, and not and not even necessarily in like a, a way where you're just like because I also went through that where I was just like you're a fucking loser, you can't do anything right, blah blah. blah. You just get oh, stuck yeah. in that like rut. That's not that's not productive. It's not. You have to do it in a, in a way where you're just you're just honest with yourself. Exactly. And you're just like, listen, man, like we gotta we gotta get this shit together. Yeah. We can't keep fucking up like this. You know, like for a while I was broke, but my account would always be negative all the time. Mm. And I'm just like, oh man, fucking, I would be so stressed. Oh man, I can't fit. And I'm like, you know, you make enough to pay your bills and get by. Yeah. You're just fucking up. So let's, <laughs> so we That's have me. to, so we have to stop. We have, we have, we have, I can't do this anymore. We can't yeah, do this. You know, yeah. so it's tiring. It is. It's exhausting. Very tiring. And, that, and that's, so most of the times when I'm depressed, I now have to step back and I can now recognize where am I fucking up? Oh, I started that diet Monday. And uh, uh, Tuesday, I got my cowboy fries. <laughs> and now I'm not even thinking about the diet. And then You're Friday, like I'm like, why am I depressed? And I'm like, oh, it's because I'm a fuck up because I'm not doing what I'm I, eating. Like I'm, not doing, I'm letting myself down. Yeah. Every single time I'm depressed, I know it's because I'm letting myself down in some weird way. That That's funny that you say that because, I mean, I haven't hit up any of the mics because this week because 
you know, I let that whole phone situation, like I was telling you about, I mean, I paid $600 for a fucking iPhone that I expect to work up to par. I'm like, I have to film this like episode. Um, and you know, it wasn't working and then I got derailed and then like, I couldn't write, I couldn't concentrate. And I mean, I could have been like stronger and been like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I could, I could make it happen. I could do something else. But instead, I let it get to me, and I was like, dude, yeah. it messed my whole, like, routine up. Yeah. I was supposed to focus on my diet, too, and I was just like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to eat, like, shit. Like, I'm going to yeah. go to the fucking Chick-fil-A and get yeah. a fucking spicy deluxe, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's dude. my shit. Yo, shout so out to good. Chick-fil-A, dude. That's just fire. <laughs> but, like, it, it's all on, on, on us, you know what I mean? It's all on like, you. And, 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 that, and I think when I started to realize that, it started becoming less of me being like, whoa, is me. And it's just be me being like, it's just a fact that I have to correct this course. And it's, it's like, yeah. for a while, I would like, I would sit there and I'd be like, man, I haven't saved money. I haven't saved money. I haven't saved money. I was so stressed about money. And then, like I said, like another three weeks would go by. And I look back on that three weeks and I go, what did I do this past three weeks? I just complained yeah. about not having money. And then that was another three weeks that I didn't have money. So now it's been two months. And it just builds up and builds up because I didn't do anything about it. So you have to just be like... Like, where am I fucking up today? I fucking, I went ham, bro. I fucking did this. I did this. Like, <laughs> I fucked up today, bro. Damn. I live shitty today. And then, you, then you're like, okay, so tomorrow let's try to do better. Yeah. Even if it's a little better. I, I, like, the more I take shit, like, day by day, I can manage my life a lot better. Yeah. Then when everything, because when you're depressed or when you're feeling down on yourself, life feels existential. Life feels, like, so big. Like, I, I'm, my, my life is fucked up. My yeah. whole life is ruined. Like, my whole life is, everything's going wrong. Yeah. When instead you're like, today was bad. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, and then you're t- t- tomorrow you're going to be like, today was okay. I shouldn't have ate that shit, but I ate a good salad. For, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. like, if you take it in little, like, bits and pieces, it's just so much easier to manage for me mentally. Yeah. So I've been trying to do that. That's how oh. I stay happy. Exactly. Yesterday was like my day was like fucked up. Like I told you, I was just like, and I mean, there's moments where I, I like, a, it's weird. I don't want, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have a certain belief. I don't like, you yeah. know, pray to a specific God, but I pray to the universe. Like God is my universe. I do that now too. Or, I just shout out. I just like, yeah. Or, you know, please. like, hey, yo, what's up, homie? Like, I just want to let you know, like, you know, type of thing like that. You know, I'm like, Hey, like I'm having like a really messed up day today, you know, like I just whatever, you know, you can do to help me get through the day or like whatever, you know, spiritually, anything like that, you know, I don't like to be like God because I'm like, I don't know what to believe in. I just want to, you know, like they say, put out that positive energy. Yeah. And so even though yesterday, like I I kid you not, first thing I woke up, I don't know if you saw this or maybe you will see on your way out, but there's a like. On Grand Avenue, there's, like, trains that pass by, you mm-hmm. know? And I was stuck, at, like, on Grand Avenue. There was a train that was stuck there for, like, 30 minutes. And I saw this barricade. I was like, dude, like, what the heck is going on? And then so I get out of that barricade 30 minutes later, and there was a car accident, and I was, like, stuck in that area, too. I was like, okay, like, what's going on, you know? And then, like, my phone started, like, glitching. And then I was like, dude, like, this is such a messed up day. Mm-hmm. So then I went into, like, you know, T-Mobile. I was like, yo, like, you know, check this out. It's not working, this and that. And then I outside of T-Mobile, I was like, they couldn't help me out. So I was like, I'm going to pray, dude. I was just like, I'm going to pray to the universe. And then guess what? Things after, like, everything just, like, that was supposed to go good, which is, like, not happening at all. Mm-hmm. But then today was something different. Like, it was just like, oh, today is great. You mm-hmm. know, like... I, I had you over. I, I was having a couple of drinks, playing records. I made food. Yeah. I got my phone fixed and all that. I was just like, okay, like, 
It's just that day. Yeah, like, yeah. you just got to be like, okay, today sucked. Let's just hope for the best tomorrow. You exactly. Know? And make the best out of tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And if today's good, then tomorrow can be good because, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's snowballs. Exactly. Yeah, that positivity, you keep it. And, and you know, the high is so good that even if something does happen negative tomorrow, you're like, fuck it. Like, it happened the day yeah. before. We can get through this. You know what I mean? We can get through it, man. The same way exactly. you get through your financial trouble, your car breaking down. Yeah. Whatever it is, bro, like, we got this. You got, you got to believe you can. you got this. It's like it's it's easier said than done sometimes for sure. When you're depressed yeah. and you're in the moment, it's harder to like just say it. Like it's gonna be okay. It's <laughs> that's bullshit, you know. But yeah. but you have to really. You, it's like it's just raw honesty, bro. Yeah, you have to be raw honest with yourself. Exactly. If you can't be honest with yourself. Who the fuck can you be honest with? Right. Like we're, we lie to ourselves a exactly, lot. Exactly, man. And it's also good material. And it's, and yeah, and and, and that <laughs> and that and that concept is good for stand up. Yeah. You have to be honest with yourself in stand up, bro. You have to listen to your shit and be like, oh, man. Be like, how can I make this funnier? Like, why is this not funny? Like, sometimes I'm too honest when it comes oh, to like my stand up. Like mean honest. Yeah. <laughs> not mean honest. Like I have this one bit where I say like, you know, um, you know, moments before I walked in mm-hmm. on my ex, my uh, you know, ex wife cheating, I had shit myself. You know, <laughs> so like. People don't, and this is something that I learned. It's just that people don't know me right off the bat. So <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, that's my opener, pretty much. You know what I mean? <laughs> so a, like, it's a heavy ass opener. Yeah. yeah, they're like, "Yo, this dude's just like confessing something to mm-hmm. us. Like, did this happen in a day? Yeah. You know? Like, so I learned to be like, okay, let me just kind of like soften the blow in the yeah. beginning. You know what I mean? Show so, them who you are a little bit. Exactly. So those are things that I'm still learning, but that is my honest self. Is mm-hmm. like I've been through these like ridiculous, ridiculous things in my life. Yeah. Where I'm just like it felt like you know god was on top of me with like the little magnifying glass like burning the shit (laughs) out of me you know what i mean and i'm just like dude when is it enough you know what i mean and i mean everybody goes through it it's just on how like you said how we handle it you know yeah yeah but again a lot of like the stuff that i talk about um my material is just like real life experiences yeah but you know i'm happy to talk about it man like yeah, me too. Yeah, there's there's nothing else that I, I mean I can't really fabricate anything else. I can't really be somebody else that I'm not. You know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah. So I'm just working with it. Yeah, but dude. it's all about being clever, being funny with yeah, like how yeah. you write your material. You and know? no matter what it is, you can talk about the most real shit. But it, like, there's people that talk about the realest shit, man. Like, you know, Dave Chappelle is known for being so like wise and punted, mm-hmm. but I, but like, well, he's being funny still. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that's. A, that's the thing where I feel like, a, like sometimes we have a message to convey in comedy, and we like we get that message, but then it's like we're like, yeah, they just wasn't like laughing. <laughs> they weren't laughing yeah. though, you know. It wasn't, we want to be the Chappelle. We want to be Chappelle, and the, and the thing is that you have to realize. I feel like in comedy, that I started to realize too. I'm like, I'm like, we'll get that chance. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like we there, there's no deadline. It's like we one day hopefully we'll get to tell our message, our real yeah. message. When we have like a special, or we have like you know we get to be like a headliner, and we have like an hour to do material. Exactly. You could put messages in there. You could talk about your life in depth. But like you know, in starting comedy, bro, like the goal is to get booked. <laughs> but yeah, just get booked. So you have to you have to be funny above all else. Yeah. But if you can find a way to weave them together, if you can talk about real shit and weave funny within there, yeah, then that's that's gold. You know what I'm saying? But it, it sometimes it takes time to to really be able to say a message on stage and keep it. It's exactly. a it's a hard skill to master. It really is, man. And that's one of the things that I've been struggling with. Is just like how can I make like my hardships. Funny. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that. And we've already talked about this before about like, you know, bringing your real life shit into comedy and, um, you know, not being mainstream, but being booked for shows because my dad's always told me this. He's like, yo, like, I know you love playing the music that you want to play and you want to play like the punk music, the rock and roll stuff, but you got to sell out first. 
in order to get to where you want to yeah. get. And at first, when I was a kid, I never thought about that. And and granted, there's bands that never like really sold out, and right. it just kept like. But we lived in a whole different generation. We look up to those people a lot, and we're like, yeah, you got, yeah, you know. But it's like I was saying the other day, like there's. There's there's a there's gonna be there's thousands of comedians out there who have a really good message a deep message yeah that we'll never hear yeah because they just get in their own way and it's like you just you you know like I'm saying it's like they no one knows who we are right now no one gives a fuck about yeah. us yeah we're just some local Arizona comedians <laughs> for real so like right yeah. right now like we gotta we gotta just conquer this we gotta be in this scene and like exactly. we gotta get to, we gotta just show people that we are a comedian that we're funny and then once you get on those shows and you start to get longer sets you get 15 20 minutes 25 minutes yeah. then you can go okay I, I can weave I can I can still be funny exactly. um, and I can also weave some serious shit in here go back to the funny you can bounce between but at a 5 yeah. minute open mic bro like yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah, like that's if, a lot that's asking a lot it's asking man. a lot to and you're going up there and, and there's 30 people <laughs> you know what I'm saying and like and people are looking to book someone for a show and you go up there you're like yeah man when I was 6 my aunt killed herself bro and <laughs> You know, it was a dark time for me. <laughs> that that really does teaches you though, like you have to really get that skill of doing one liners. Yeah, because that's I, and, mean, and, and I see other whatever people your style doing is it. not even one liners. It could just be like no, no, shorter a, form. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like because I did because when I did that set initially, um, I said, uh, you know, I said, oh, moments before walking in on my ex cheating, I had shit myself, and that's how I was. I never said anything else, and somebody <laughs> laughed, and it was a comic. He laughed hysterically. And he just went outside like the rest of my set because I was my yeah. opener and he just dipped out. And I went outside and I was just like smoking a cigarette. And he was like, Yo, that shit that you said was funny as hell. He's like, That's what you want to tell people. Like, make that. that he's like, That could be like five, ten minutes mm-hmm. of you just talking about it. There's but, a lot there, bro. That's a that's a that's a layered that's a layered that detail. So if you dude. say that and you move on, yeah, like what? Happened? Like, Whoa, we what? want more, dude. That, that's a whole story. But again, doing it in, in an open mic kind of environment, it's yeah. rough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I've been like I haven't been saying it as much in the open mics, mm-hmm. but I've been working on it independently. Like I'll go back to it and be like, all right, what else is? I mean, if it's making me chuckle, if it's making yeah. me laugh, then it can make somebody else. Of laugh, course, you know what I mean? yeah. And again, it's all about like finding your audience, you know what I mean? Because not you're not gonna make everybody laugh. Of course. The not. goal is to make everybody laugh, but realistically, people are gonna like yeah. you know gravitate towards what they like. You want you want as many people to laugh as possible, but it's exactly. like but it's like yeah. Again, it's like people that have like you look at my guys like Mark Marin, you know, where he gets to sit on a bench and just like pontificate and talk about right. life. But I think that a lot of comedians, like a lot of comedians, we're trying to emulate our heroes. Yeah. We see a guy like Chappelle. We see a guy like Marin. They're sitting down there relaxed and they're smoking a cigarette and they're just, you know, life. And we go, I want to be like that. Yeah. And so we be like that right now. And people are like, what the fuck? Who's this guy? But they've, they've already got they've earned all it. that grunt work. You they've know earned I mean? it. Yeah. They've done 20 years of just trying to find it to be relevant. And, you know, people, he had, people had to know who he was. He had to get on shows. And yeah. then he started to find his people. And now exactly. he has an audience that comes and sees him. Yeah. But he had to earn that shit. He had to work for that. And he just had to be a comic until then. And, yeah. And, not, and, you, and one day we'll, we'll get to tell our messages. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> exactly, there's a lot man. of shit material I have about my, my childhood and my upbringing that, like, I don't talk, I don't do yet. Really? And, I, and I, I'm saving it. I'm saving it for one day when I can, like, really dig into it and, like, 
have people that will sit there and listen to me talk about this shit. But like right now, I just try to write a lot of jokes and, and but it's, okay. it's still things that I still think about. And the, yeah, yeah. It's still genuine to me. Like the I'm whole not, Costco thing you were talking yeah. about. It's just things I think. Like <laughs> I, I, to, I, I think I think goofy things throughout the day. So yeah, like the shit that makes me laugh is I what, what I write about. And so I just do that right now. And it's like I'm not trying to prove anything right now. I just want people to know that I'm funny. And then people are like, people see you, they laugh. The, the fucking crowd's laughing. They're like, I gotta get this guy on a show. Yeah. They're, hey, what are you doing Tuesday? Let me get you on a show. Blah blah. blah. Start to get opportunities, and you start to get on shows. People, are, and then when they trust you and they know who you are, and they're booking you. You know what I'm saying? You 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 do good in their room. You do funny in their room. You get booked more and more, and then you get longer sets, and then you yeah. can start to be the comic you want to be. But like right now, we're almost like at open mic. You're kind of just like it's like an adver- <laughs> it's like an advertisement for like book me exactly. exactly. And, and so and so like it's just if I was a booker and I go to an open mic and there's some guy crushing him, like I'm getting my show, and if the next guy is like. Man, the other day I uh, I was dealing with bouts of depression and I uh, they're like you know I feel to like that. they're like no one's like hey bro what are you doing Tuesday bro I need you I need I you for my show bro that sad ass shit sad- <laughs> put that sad ass shit in front of my crowd bro like it's you know it's it's hard to do that it's hard to do that kind of material and like make it funny so like like the the, the focus should always yeah man just be funny as fuck and. Just cr- just try to crush and and you know what I'm saying the, you'll get you'll, we'll all have those chances to yeah we'll have plenty of years and plenty of moments to 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 tell our message and tell our story yeah you know what I'm saying well what what's your what's your writing process because you know you hear about like you know and I see like our our, our heroes or comedians that walk mm-hmm. around with a notebook in their back pocket or something like that or they're always writing something down on their phone yeah. what's your process like when you're writing stuff down or when you think about something. Yeah, I just think I think in my man, dude. A lot of my shit's just in my head, man. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm really bad at writing. I don't write like I don't. I don't think I've ever written out no way. a full bit to like where I like start to finish. So I've written out the bit. I think I have like for some older bits when I first started. That's that's some rad shit though, yeah. man. When I when I first started, I would do that, but I, but I felt it felt more robotic, like because I was like rehearsing, yeah, rather than man. thinking and rather than talking. Like I was, I would write and I would literally write like, "Hey, everyone." <laughs> How are you doing shit. tonight? I'm you gonna know scratch some of that shit yeah. out of mine. <laughs> hey guys, yeah, and, and like you're so focused on like getting the words right that you're like, yeah. you're not you're not present. You're not being yourself. Like for me, it's like the, the shit that I think about throughout the day. Like it's mostly what I write about. So I'll write in my notes, but I write like a word or two, or I write like a punchline, or I write like a little. I'll do like a a, a topic, the main thing, and the then I'll put like bullet points. And okay, in, and in my and in my head. I weave it together, and 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 it's not the same. Like, okay. if, if you if you hear me tell one bit one day, I know the flow, and the more I do it, I, I can I can make it tight. But for the most part, it's like these are my key points, and I'm just gonna talk to you and get to those points. So you're like a Bill Burr. Uh, I guess so. I guess so. I Bill don't know. Burr does that. Yeah, I'm just I'm kind of observatory. I'm just like yeah. I'm just like okay. I'll think about something. Like I I'm just I'm just telling you guys about my thoughts. Okay. And um I I, I heard a, I heard a thing that some comedian said. I'm so bad at quoting people. I'm always like some comedian. <laughs> Just say paraphrase. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but but um, he said uh, that uh, like some sometimes we're we're selling our jokes instead of telling our jokes. Yeah. Where you know your comedians where they're like, like the other day I was at the store. Like you're almost you, you tell you're, you're me almost the, like the rhythm, question. the rhythm of the joke. Yeah. Like, don't you you told me about that last yeah. time we were hanging out. As opposed, to, as opposed to just like saying it, you're just, like, don't say it like a joke. Right. Say it like you're just talking. The way we're talking right now. Exactly. That, that's your, that's that, that is finding your comedy voice. And if you want, obviously you got to put some, like I talk fast and I stutter and I, I say like a lot. So <laughs> I can't just go on stage and just do this. Like, you know like, what I'm saying? Like, so like, I definitely keep it like more, I, I definitely have like a rhythm on stage, okay. but I'm still just talking as me and I'm just talking about my thoughts. I'm not really... 
I'm not. I don't have a different voice when I go on stage. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't try to like be different. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. And, and I guess that's what I that's what I struggled with. Is just like, should I write every word down? I mean, like, yeah. Right now, it's good for practice, I guess. You know. But once I get to that point where I'm like, okay, I've already built that like muscle in my mm-hmm. mind where I'm like, okay, I could just speak, you know, freely. You know. Right. I mean, that's how it was with music for me. Like sometimes where I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna improvise like some certain things where I'm feeling it right now. Yeah. It Especially just, when it came to writing, like playing guitar. Yeah, it just, it just lives up there in my head, man. I don't know what I don't. Maybe I'm crazy, but yeah, it's just one of those things where I like I can, if I have a longer set list, I'll put like bullet points or I'll put them at, like the topics. Yeah. When I see the topic, I know my I know my joke. I know everything I'm talking about. But yeah, for me, it's key points. Like I know my punchlines. I know my tags. Yeah. And other than that, bro, it's freestyle, and I'm like I'm just talking about. I'm talking up there about how like this. I'm weaving the thought together. Yeah. But I'm not like every. I'm not. I'm not like uh, George Carlin where he literally. <laughs> Dude, he, he doesn't write anything down. He's just like on his head. George Carlin rehearsed every word. I think I heard. He did. Yeah, George Carlin was like very poetic about it. He was very. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Carlin, yeah never mind. Yeah. My bad. I'm thinking about somebody else. But yeah, yeah. I, I heard that he did sometimes like read off of like his fucking book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. He was like, yeah, some people are very poetic about it. It's all about however, whatever process works best for you. Yeah. I'm just not good at memorizing. And for me, it, for me, what, what I noticed what was happening there is like when I was like trying to get through my joke and I was trying to remember all the bits, that any little disruption in the room or anybody talking or anything, it would immediately throw me off and I would be like, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would right. keep telling my joke. Instead of like being like, that was funny, let's fucking stop here and talk about <laughs> that. That's like being present and being able to pivot off of what's happening and being yeah. free and being pre- is like I think for me is it makes so much more better comedy when you're just allowing yourself to be with them mm-hmm. in the room like if someone drops a glass you, you got you got to be able to comment on that yeah instead of being like that's funny uh, so like I was saying <laughs> or uh, just st- sticking to your like material yeah yeah I've heard that where like people are just like so like into their material where they just don't like leave it at all right where like they already have like if they ask somebody like a question in the audience they already have an answer for what they were asking already You know what I mean Exactly yeah As opposed to just Going with it But um, a lot of the You know one of the Comedians that I look up to Is Joy Diaz Where he mm-hmm. kind of just like You know off the top of the That's of his head, You know talking, what I mean yeah. And I didn't mean to say George Carlin But I meant like jo- Joy Diaz Where he just like Doesn't really write anything down Yeah And he got advice At an early You know In the beginning of his Stand up career Was like yo Like you writing stuff down Is not working for you You know no. what I mean so yeah, imagine Joey Diaz, by the way, he just talks about life, the way he talks about everything. Like right. he, he's got to be himself. He's got to be in his head. He's got to be right there with you talking exactly. about it, reliving it. So if he's thinking about, uh, what was the next line I got to say? That's just, it just fucks and up you, your flow. And looking at your pad, you're looking at your phone where you're like, oh, what am I saying next? Right. It, it, there's, there's, there, there's nothing to say next except for the point you're getting to. Exactly. And however man. you get there, it might be different each time. That's what's cool about stand-up is each time it could be a little different. <laughs> if I'm talking about Costco, I know my bits I'm going to say about Costco. Yeah. But if something happens, I can go, I can pivot off of that and I can go, and then I can be like, I can be like, where was I? Oh, I was going, I was going to this punchline. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get back there, but it's a very casual getting That's back there. That's that muscle memory though. Like you have to build a that. A little bit, yeah. You know what I mean? Man. Yeah, for, for, the, for the first like couple of years, I was definitely like trying to like write my bits out and like make sure I I said them right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just caused me a lot of stress. Where it was like, yeah, if I felt like I missed a part or I felt so just just like discombobulated and I feel like I was fucking up, and then you're just like nervous on stage. And exactly. They can man. read that shit, man. It's funny because like when I'm in my car and I'm just thinking of like bits in my head, 
I'm like, dude, they flow out so easily. And yeah. I'm making myself laugh. You know, just if it makes you laugh, it's going to make other That's people laugh. That's the best material, yeah. You know what I mean? And then so the moment I try writing it down, I'm like, y'all, this is not funny at all. Right. You know, it has to happen like in the moment. Yeah. And it sucks because I don't want to be like one of those kind of cats where I'm like, oh, every th- I don't write anything down. Like I no. just, you know, it's off the top of my head. But I've lost I've lost so many jokes because I don't write them mm. down. You know what I'm saying? Like there's things that I that were good that I'm like, what was that? But like you said, writing down just like the points. Writing down just the bullet points. Yeah. And then and then from there figuring it out. Yeah. You know what I mean. That, that, I think that that's the best method of work for me. You should try that more. I, I think I, I should. Yeah, because it, uh, it just, yeah, like you said, when, when you're thinking in your car, you're thinking loose. Exactly. The man. hardest I laugh is when I'm, when I'm fucking around with my friends, we're bullshitting, talking, or like on a podcast, you know, we're just shooting the shit. <laughs> like, this is when we laugh the hardest. And so, like, to imagine we took this, imagine we had a funny moment here. Yeah. And we were busting out laughing. And then I go home and I go, okay, let, let me try to transcribe what happened there. It's, it's just, <laughs> it it's, doesn't, it's yeah, not the it natural flow of the way it happened. Like one of our buddies, you know, that we were talking to the other night, you know, we were talking about this one bit and we were just going off of each other. Like we were just like, you know, tagging each other pretty yeah. much, you know, and it was like happening, like just like between him and, and another com- a comic of, you know, uh, that we're hanging out with, like it was just flowing so perfectly. Mm-hmm. But then like... He's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to use that. I'm going to go up next oh. and say it, but it never came out. You know, we're just like, sometimes, you know, it yeah. just happens in the moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man. The like, more you can be up there and the more you can just be this and yeah. just be yourself and just let them know what your thoughts are, the more fun I it is, I guess, you know, the open mics is for getting that confidence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Much, you know I mean? Which again, yeah, there's no pressure at an open mic. So like, why are we like, going to open mic like... I got to remember <laughs> like, these oh, words. Like, no I got to make people words. laugh. Like, yeah. sometimes it's just going up on stage and being comfortable. Yeah. Because it's crazy because growing up, you know, playing music, I literally played from like the age of eight to like mm-hmm. 21 or 25 up on stage, playing guitar, doing vocals, singing, being at my most vulnerable. You yeah. know what I mean? But the moment you strip all that away and it's just you and your words, it's a whole different like animal, yeah. you know? That was the first thing about stand-up that was, like, shocking. You get up there for the first time, and you're like, this is really just me. It's me. There's no, I'm not, it there's no rhythm. There's no, I'm not, I don't have an instrument. It's just me. <laughs> and they're looking at me, bro. You don't have backup. I don't have nothing. Like, to, yeah. Um, do you guys remember what I was supposed to say? Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's just you, dude. And it's crazy because, like like you said, like, you know, or just me going up there, I, I had stuff written down for my first open mic. But again, it was just bullet points, and I should have just stuck with it because, like, I made people laugh. It was that stir crazy, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, oh, wow, I'm getting laughs. Like, I'm actually pretty funny. Like, what? Yeah. What's going on? But then, like, the moment I started writing stuff down and sticking to it, like a script, mm-hmm. it just, like, stopped working as it well. It stopped working, yeah. man. Nobody was laughing at all. Was just Same like, thing happened to me, bro. Suck, yeah. Dude. Same thing happened to me. But so, you know, just to close it out, man, where do you see yourself in the next like five years? What what are your goals when it comes to comedy or just in general life? Yeah, yeah. Well, this yeah, this year, man, is again, I'm getting married in October. This year, I'm really trying to I'm getting married. And I also want to like take this year to really trying to like figure out what direction I want to go in, like with my health, with everything. Just trying yeah. to I'm like, folk, I'm reading books and shit like about like what? I'm trying to like I'm trying to like, like self-help type stuff. Kind of. I'm, I'm trying to get my shit together in that way where I'm like, I want to s- I've kind of been in like this weird pattern for the past 10 years. Like I like to yeah. smoke really high and just like play video <laughs> games. And like, I, I I'm, I'm very comfortable in that. Yeah. But I want to try to like break out of that like routine that I'm in. And I want to try to just like be like better with all the shit that I want to get better at, like saving money and losing yeah. weight. So I want to like take this year to like, like, I have a wedding to save for. So I have to make yeah. money. I have to make sure this happens. And I have to, but I just want to kind of like, I want to take this year to like, kind of like optimize myself 
mm-hmm. and like have pull the wedding off, fucking get my shit together a little bit. And then when the wedding's over and that stresses off my shoulders, like the next year, I really want to like f- figure out some stand up goals and do some big shit. Cause like, yeah, cause I've, I've been doing stand up now for four or five years and I've just been kind of in the same. I get booked on shows. But I'm not really like going after it after it, and like I have, friends. yeah. I know people who like you know. That I've heard I've heard you talk about it uh, on your your podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really like I'm not really going. I'm not really going for much in stand up right now. I'm just like I'm having fun. You're, I'm always just having fun. You're and relaxed. Just, I'm relaxed. Yeah, but I'm I'm like almost too relaxed. We're yeah. like I, I trust my comedy. I do pretty well in comedy. I'm doing okay. People like me, but I like I I'm not I'm not pushing myself. Yeah. And so next year I kind of want to be like I need to I need to I need to kind of network a little better. Mm. Start going to the clubs and stuff. Like I like I have friends that are working at like Tempe Improv and like they're they're hosting for people and featuring yeah. people and they're like Ruben man you got, why aren't you like like I saw my buddy Jose <laughs> why aren't you at those shows he's, he's like where have you been and that's what he meant is he's like <laughs> he's like he hasn't seen me around because he, yeah. he's, he's doing those shows now and he doesn't see me in that scene yeah it's yeah. almost it's almost like level two of the scene where you're like right it's open mics and then and then the next level is to like be working featuring and clubs, doing guest spots for Mark Norman comes to town and you get to be his oh, opener and shit you know feel me like yeah, that's the shit that we need to be going for so yeah. when you get to, so I need to start I need to start focusing on how I can get those opportunities more and be around the right I need to start going to shows more meeting the right people and just try to like try to try to do a little bit more take yeah. it to the next level <laughs> I've done like four open or like no like seven or eight my yeah. open mics I'm like alright I'm ready for Tim Dillon like let's right? do it. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's good man because at the end of the day too it's like one of those things where like as you know the emo and the depression it's like the, 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 the we call it imposter syndrome yeah like there's also a part of comedy where you do have to you have to believe you got this. Like, exactly, you have, to, you have to believe nobody else is gonna believe in you but yourself. Exactly, and you have to. I mean, you have to be honest if it's funny or not. But you, at the end of the day, like you got to go up there with that energy. Like you just know you're funny. You know the shit you got to say. You got to trust what you say is funny. Yeah. And then they and then you got to just tell them it, and then they'll believe you. They'll get on board. But you got to sell that shit to them. That <laughs> like if they if they can tell that you find it funny, the audience is like yeah yeah they'll get All on board. Right, but yeah. if you're like if you're not even sure about the shit you're saying. Why would that? Why should they be sure about it? And you know what I mean. That's how I'm at open mics, right? <laughs> I'm like, is this working, guys? <laughs> is this okay? Am I good? Yeah. Oh shit! It'll well, get it'll get better, man, and easier for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, get, you man. got this, bro. I'm still in the infancy side. You, you know, love it, man, and that's oh, that's all yeah, that matters, bro. You love comedy, and that's all it takes is, is you just love it. So yeah. you're gonna figure it out. It's it's all gonna be good. I appreciate it, man. Well, thank you very much, man, for joining us on Confessions of a Clown. Yeah, dude. I appreciate it, and um, you know we'll be. Doing bigger and better stuff in the future. See us in a few years, man. We'll be doing big shit. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me, bro. Peace out, guys. Oh, yeah. Hi, Peace. Man. Good shit, man. Dang, how was that? How was that? Good. I don't know.